Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Yana No Ya. We are doing another director-centered episode. It was Liam's choice for this topic, and he chose the director Hayao Miyazaki. We discuss every single movie that he has made up until this point before his new movie that's going to come out, The Boy and the Heron. So, tons of great discussions. Great, great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. As always, look out for the timestamps in the description of the episode if you want to jump to a certain point, avoid spoilers and all of that. And don't forget that we do have a Patreon, so if you want to support the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. All of the donations go towards the episode artwork that we do. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy the episode, and let's get into it. Sleepy boy on our hands, unfortunately, but it's okay. I'll wake up, I'm We're, sure. We'll wake up. Anything new? With I'll start off with Keelan because I don't. I'm assuming no. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> at this point, just, yeah. Just been managing the cinema that I work at. Basically, that's been fun. Well, we we can ask. We we have film bookers above us, and we fucking we if if we think a movie will do well with us, we we can ask for it because we only have four screens so it's just like you know we, we kind of have limited space to put stuff in so we might not be getting saw x and i am mm. furious about that so as soon as i saw it I, I was just like no i got i gotta send a fucking email so i just emailed them and then they replied just being like hi keelan thanks for your feedback we will review this on monday so we just gotta wait till fucking tuesday to find out because <laughs> i won't be in again until tuesday I'm anxious. We're definitely getting the creator though, and we got the Expendables four this past weekend, which has been doing horribly. Oh <laughs> it's no! It's been doing fucking terrible. No. <laughs> How have you been, Quinn? How's life for you? Life has been pretty good. I mean, it was really good for the last two weeks. Uh, Kath was here. We meant I mentioned that in the last episode. And yeah, we just hung out, watched a lot of movies, cooked a lot of good food. We celebrated my birthday. Just it was a really chill visit. Um, didn't like go anywhere crazy or do anything like crazy, but yeah, it was really nice. Uh, went by too fast, like all vacations do. Back to the old grind now, though. Back to the the two jobs and just focusing on making money. And uh, yeah, so at least you had some good time. That was that's nice. Yeah, it was a good time for sure. Yeah, that's um, lovely. Uh, and there has been a I don't know who I've mentioned this to. Maybe I've mentioned it to at least. Liam I I don't know but I guess since me and her have already told our families then I can tell everybody but initially the plan was gonna be that I try and go through the process of moving to Canada where she lives and it's just been way too complicated there's things that are preventing like their Canada is so much more strict and who they allow into their country so that process is just gonna take way too long right now to where instead of waiting all of this time, then Kath is making the decision to uh, fill out the visa to come and live here in the time for the time being. Um, yeah, so That's awesome. it is. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be a long process, like you know, Liam. So yeah. it's gonna take a while. It's probably gonna take at least a year for sure for like anything to go through. Uh, I'm meeting with a lawyer this like upcoming week. So hopefully we can get things going, but 
yeah, that's been a pretty big thing. That's so. great. Fuck yeah. Who has a beverage? A cheers to that. Yeah, cheers. I will cheers to it too. That's great. I'm happy yeah. for you both. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Well, and you, I don't know if you want to announce your thing. Oh, yeah. But you've had, I mean, that's, you've got a big update. Yeah, our visa got approved, which is great. Um, <laughs> I told, like, I mean, you guys know already, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been approved. There's still, like, so many things uh, to mm-hmm. do, obviously, like getting all my shit over there, getting Joy over there, like, yeah. trying to figure yeah. out some sort of wedding at some point. Like, mm. uh it's a headache, but I mean, yeah. it's it's gonna be good once once I actually get there. Hell yeah, yeah. It's a long journey. Like, I mean, I'm gonna have to go through it too, or Kath yeah. will have to go through it. So yeah, it's we'll we'll uh, see how your guys' things go, and then that'll be what happens to us. So you're like we're paving the we're way. Watching right now, yeah, you're paving <laughs> the way. Yeah. Uh, she was really upset that she didn't decide to do this sooner. Because then, like, I told we her would all to. be in the U.S. Sooner. I told her to. Oh, who, Kath? <laughs> yeah, like, me and Julia, we were oh. telling her, like, you know, get in early. Like, make sure you actually do it early because, yeah. you know, it's going to take yeah. a while. Like, we had to wait pretty much, like, a full year. It's going to be a lot of waiting, but, I mean, I'm just glad she finally made the decision. Because originally, like I said, yeah, it was going to be me moving to Canada. And that, um, it just would not have happened as quickly. So, mm. Yeah. Which I think that's still the plan, like, years and years down the road. I know that eventually we were thinking about, like, we'll live here for a while, for sure, in the U.S. But, like, when, years down the road, if she wants to still go back to Canada and we're allowed to, or I don't know how to describe <laughs> this, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, just keep up Just keep up with visits over the next year as well. Like, make sure you visit each other enough. Cause, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. we're definitely going to try. Also... Uh, in about 11 hours, I'll be flying away to Tokyo. So that's pretty Damn, cool. I, didn't, I forgot it was... Oh yeah, it is tomorrow. Yeah, I, have, Damn. I haven't packed yet, but I will. <laughs> You're just gonna be like all the people in the movies. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. All the people in the movies we're gonna talk about. It's gonna oh, yeah, you. right. Yeah, that's all me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm very excited to go. It's the only thing is like it's fucking four flights to get there, which is like oh. such a headache. Well, hell yeah, I'm 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 very happy for both of you. That's awesome news for both of you. Thanks. I'm happy for you Thanks. for potentially maybe at some point getting <laughs> Sorex in your cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're happy yeah. for you too. You got it. Somebody's got to manage that theater. <laughs> yeah. Keep up the good work. No one else is gonna <laughs> do it. I, I guess now is as good a time as any to announce that um, me and Jigsaw got engaged. <laughs> is, is a... Was that a mutual decision? A... Yeah. No. No. It's it mostly on my part, but you know, it's, it's happened. All right. But yeah, uh, thanking patrons, Kath at Kath Fernway. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> this new username. Check out our Instagram posts and we list her account if I'm butchering that. But thank you, Kath, Thanks, uh, Kath, for being a patron, as always. Thank you, Julia, moving underscore, underscore, underscore pictures. Thanks, Way too Julia. many fucking Thanks, underscores, Julia. get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sarah's Popcorn Chat. We appreciate you. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks. And thank you, Ardor Film. I Holy just had to look shit. it up. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Would you look at that? Thanks, Amy. Thanks, yeah. Amy. Yeah, no, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, first. I'm improving. <laughs> and thanks to my mother. 
Thank you, Luna underscore 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 Pearl. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, Liam. Thank mom. you. All right. Well, let me see. Uh, I will quick read the poll results of our uh, one of our last episodes. So uh, this is for the cut. That was perfect episode where we talked about uh, American movie and uh, Ed Wood. This wasn't a poll, though, oh. was it? Oh, shit. It's not a poll. You're right. Um, we did get one response <laughs> from my question. <laughs> Our, I got. I asked what filmmaker inspires you, and uh, the Kev, who I think is all right, so reviews on Instagram. Oh yeah. Uh, he he replied, Linne Ramsey. Did he uh, mean Lynn Ramsey? <laughs> oh, he must have meant Lynn, but he spelt it. He spelt it wrong. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Lynn, it's okay. Lynn Kev. Ramsey's good. I need to see yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. She's good. I forgot about I forget about her, but yeah, she's good. Yeah, we go to what we've been watching. Yeah, yeah, which one of the things I wanted to talk about, I actually re-listened to an album. And... Oh, that just reminded me. I re-listened to something and I wanted to talk about oh. it as well. So that's good. Uh-huh. Thank Hell you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> go on. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know what made me want to re-listen to it, but it's been a little over two years since its release, but I re-listened to Donda in its entirety oh and because because i because i i think neither of us really were like a huge fan of it no um just because i thought it was way too big way too long and just like i don't know if my expectations are too high but man this i re-listened to it and i really enjoyed it a lot more this time i don't know why i just a lot of songs kind of clicked for me uh i just think it's like it's one of kanye's like most in its lyrics like one of his most beautiful albums like when you really listen to some of the lyrics and i mm-hmm. so i don't know i i really actually appreciated it a lot more this time and it jumped up a full star for me which was crazy but i really really like it now okay i can appreciate so. i can appreciate like a lot of the songs on there definitely but like it is just the part twos that really rub me the wrong way like i just yeah not think so they need stupid. to be there yeah I, li- I don't listen to the deluxe i listen to the, the no, but they're the even on the bass the album aren't they oh I thought they were only on the deluxe, but I mean, I could be wrong. He did a lot of fucking with it right after it came out. And like all the songs, he like removed all the explicit words for some reason. Oh, yeah. So like, it, 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 so there's no, I, it's because it's like, yeah, it's kind of like a Christian album, to be honest. So I guess I understand it for this, but I just, it's like, why put him in there in the first place just to take him right out? So yeah, they, they, um, they have like at the end of the bass album, it's like jail, okay, okay junior and oh, jesus lord all the part twos part two yeah you're right and i don't even know that di- i i still cannot decipher the difference between those there's fuck the all difference honestly like there's like no difference oh, yeah i don't know why he did that but i mean other than those part twos and like yeah i really really liked it so well, that's good yeah just thought i'd mention that i it's still also- love god breathe they'll stand by that song <laughs> that's a great song i i think the two songs that stood out for me this time, Praise God, gets me hyped. That song just gets me fucking hyped mm-hmm. for some reason. And uh, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of other ones, but yeah. I love Believe What I Say. That's, that shit slaps. Off the Grid, by the way. I have to name... I mean, Off the Grid was my favorite from the get-go. But that song, I put it on my running playlist, and I am fucking, like, lightning when I'm running to Off the Grid, Grid, Grid. I feel like I, I need to... Love that I feel song. like I need to force myself to listen to that song more, because I just don't what? get it. Like, I don't get the hype. It's, oh, it's so... But it's such a... It's just such a hype song. I don't know. I'll try. Um, I'll try it again. 
Uh, if you want, I can just read my Whoever. my re-listen and get it out of the way. Sure. Um, I, d- I don't think either of you have heard this, so maybe it's not as interesting, probably. Does anyone know the band Tesseract? I do. No. You made me listen to them. A couple of years ago, I think I just asked you for an album and you're like, listen to this. Which one do you know? I believe it was one. Um, well, I re-listened to Polaris by Tesseract and... Like, Tesseract have always been a band that I've, like, liked, but they've never really, like, spoken to me that much. They were, they're just kind of like, you know, this is good kind of prog metal rock type shit, and, like, it's it's good and all, but, like, none of it really spoke to me, like, personally or anything like that. But Polaris is just, like, kind of a fucking masterpiece, honestly. Like, it, like, while I was listening to it, I'm just like, I fucking love the lyrics. Like, the sound is so unique, I think, and, like, it's just one of the best, like, prog rock albums i've heard in a while so i'm glad i went back and re-listened to it because it's a fucking great great album that shit's <laughs> always lovely nice um so uh, a couple of weeks back i watched a classic that i had never seen before and it was far overdue i watched the graduate by mike hmm. nichols oh yeah and <laughs> yeah that that shit kind of fucking blew my mind and it's one of the best films i've discovered in recent memory I didn't expect mm-hmm. to love it that much. It it did so much for me. Like the story is fairly simple enough, you know. Um, the main character, played by Dustin Hoffman, gets uh, seduced by you know an older friend of the family, and it just goes from there. But it, yeah. it's so fucking funny. Like it's genuinely hilarious, <laughs> and it's shot so beautifully. Like I was watching it, and I was just like, "This is shot so fucking well." Like there's so much, there's so much shit that they do, like the shadows and the framing. And mm-hmm. some of the fucking, you know, usage of like the foreground and the background and all that. I'm just describing cinematography. But it's <laughs> it's amazing. It's ama- there's like a lot of really standout shots and the performances are all fucking excellent. Like Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. is fantastic and Bancroft is great. The, the the woman who fucking plays the daughter of Anne Brown. Yeah, she's great she's too. Amazing. Like there's a scene yeah. in like a bedroom between her and Dustin Hoffman and that's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's it's mm-hmm. amazing. It's worth its classic status and i'm very glad i finally yeah. seen it it's a clear influence on like a lot of you know films we've all mm. come to love a 10 out of 10 nice. an absolute nice. 10 out of 10 no nice. hesitation uh only There's... flaw is they play like three simon and garfunkel songs and they fucking I, <laughs> I love simon and garfunkel a i lot. went through a huge um simon and garfunkel phase when i was in my teens but they play the same three songs at least three times each and it gets kind of old <laughs> yeah but other than that it's perfect it is an amazing movie because like my i've seen it twice and my first time i actually did wasn't sure how i felt on it like i gave it like a seven out of ten and even i thought that was pretty high but then i rewatched it and it just kind of clicked like it was like a nine out of ten for me i hope you like it liam but i know how you feel about dustin hoffman and this for the reasons you don't maybe like (laughs) dustin hoffman this might have like i i'm afraid this would have those same reasons Mm. but because this character is very awkward and very yeah. kind of like wooden at times, but I feel like it fits the character for, in this case. If it if it fits the know. character and like the story's gripping enough, then that's fine. I think I just got oh, yeah. like really kind of annoyed when I watched Marathon Man because I was just like, man, this movie's like so boring, honestly, <laughs> and he's so boring <laughs> to watch. Like, uh. yeah. Um, I don't know if this is maybe one of the things Keelan was going to mention because I know he watched it recently. I mean, so maybe I'm taking his too. When Kath was here, then we have like a tradition now, which is we drive to 
the nearest town that has the nearest oh, city that yeah. has a, a theater and a Barnes and Noble and a good restaurant and we do like we just go to Barnes and Noble for a while then go to a horror movie and then go eat and it's like that's just like a fun thing we do and so this time we went to see the only horror movie playing in theaters was Talk to Me we need which neither of us have had seen it's an interesting movie for a bit but then it kind of like I don't know, because, like, I think my hopes were a bit too high, because, like, everyone... I saw people saying this is the best horror movie of the year. It's A24. It looked like something kind of fresh, and I was, like, I was all in. Um, and it is interesting for a bit, but then just, I don't know, by the end of it, by the middle and end, it kind of just, like, falls into all the cliches and tropes, in my opinion, of, like, modern horror movies. And it started to feel almost more like a Blumhouse movie than an A24 to me. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably alone in that. I still gave it, uh, like, a 6 out of 10. It's, it's watchable, but I just, my hopes are a bit too high, I think. I, I, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I, I've seen it twice now. I, I watched it and then I watched it a couple of days later with a, with a friend. And I, I did really enjoy it. I really loved it. It's one, probably one of my favorite movies of the year so far. But I can kind of see mm -hmm. where you're coming from. Like, there, mm -hmm. there are problems with it, but I think what it achieved for me overall brought the movie up for me. Like, it's, I love the fucking last 10 minutes. I think the last 10 minutes are fucking phenomenal. Like, especially the ending shot. I... That gave me, that fucking freaked me the fuck out. Honestly, <laughs> I I thought it was fucking amazing, but um, I, I I just thought like up until a certain point, it was just a fun horror movie. Like it's not mm -hmm. doing anything new. Like it's it's an allegory for like depression and grief and addiction and all that. But I think what it did with its concept was it was very fun. It was very fun. I liked the montages of them using the hand and all that. And <laughs> yeah. There is some like genuinely fucking freaky visuals. Like there is one with like a, um, no, that's going into spoilers. But there's one in like a hospital room, that was yeah. like, it was like something out of society. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was, yeah. it was great. I re I really enjoyed it. I'm I was very happy that was it was very restrained. There was like one jump scare throughout the the whole movie, that's and true. it never felt the need to like you know throw in a scare yeah. it just let whatever was on screen just linger yeah um, and the other shit i've been doing is like re-listening to some um discographies i've been going through david bowie again and apex mm. twin so that's mm. been fun because mm -hmm. I, oh, nice. I i really don't think i properly appreciated david bowie before when i was listening to his stuff even now a lot of his earlier albums i'm not like a huge fan of honestly i just yeah, the no, sound the sound isn't really my thing i I think you know that, like, once it gets to, like, kind of black tie, white noise era, that's when I'm like, oh, hello. I hope they grow on me, though. And and Ziggy was really good. Like, that was a big standout, and I can see why it's your favorite album of all time. So Tied, but... Tied? Um... Wait, Tied with what now? Yeah. Uh, the Woods by Sleater Kinney. I thought you were going to say fucking This Is Why. <laughs> no, it's not even my favorite Paramore album. <laughs> oh, God. Um... You'd no, think it I'm, was he, with he the amount of fucking times you listen to it. It's like 17 <laughs> times on Music Board now. <laughs> Look, man, it's a fucking good album. It, it is, is a great album. album. I love this in why. yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, David Bowie does go through, like, a phase in, like, his glam era where he just kind of starts making, like, the same same music. Like, pinups I'm not a huge fan of, really. Yeah. It's fine for what it is, but it feels like something that's going to be more fleshed out in Aladdin Sane. 
because I, I feel think kind of the after. I feel kind of the same about um, Diamond Dogs as well. Like, I think yeah. I think it's fine, but yeah, not much really stands out aside from Rebel Rebel, obviously, and the title track. I really mm. like that. My my favorite album, my favorite album from him will probably always be Young Americans, and no, not just because Fame is on that album. Ooh, I know how many times I, I listened to Fame. <laughs> I, I know I House of Jack Bill instilled a an unhealthy obsession with that song for me. But it did use it really well. It it's used like my it favorite, perfectly, yeah. and it's they like bring it back. Oh, yeah, and just the way they bring it back and cut it in with uh, anyway. But no, that that album overall, I really love. It's and, a great uh, album. Whatever the and Let's Dance even I love his album Let's Dance. It's a great album. The, the only one that like really stands out to me like, <laughs> and and I haven't like gone back to it just yet in the re-listen, but um, outside I really like. Outside so, is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I think it's outside really is great, and I I think my favorite David Bowie song of all time at this point is I'm Deranged. Like, oh, that song. We gotta get but, you into more Lynch, man. Yeah, I, I know it's used in um, what is it again? Last, like in, Last Highway. Yeah, that's the one. It's used in the credits, Last Highway. It's so but fucking I, cool. I will always vividly remember that song because, like, um, I think I've I don't know if I told the story on the podcast or anything, but Keelan, you know about that time that I had too much weed and had to call an ambulance. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, that? I I forgot about it, but yeah, now that you mention it, I remember. Yeah, when I was like starting to realize like that I, that this was not a good trip, I'm deranged was playing, and I was like, "Oh, this is horrifying! Help!" Like, <laughs> so that oh, like man. that'll always stick in my that head. That is very Lynchian. It is very Lynchian. <laughs> from what Your I life know. is a Lynch movie, yeah. and I've never seen one. God help you. <laughs> I'll keep it short and sweet. I watched the new Emma Seligman movie Bottoms, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very fun. Watch it; it's oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Yeah, I've seen a lot of good things. About Do it. it. So. It's fun. It's very. It just goofy. looks it's like it would annoy me. I don't know. <laughs> it might, but it's it's extremely goofy and funny, and I liked it. Liked it a lot. We can move on. I'm sorry. I just I really <laughs> wanted a quick mention that last night uh, at our our mutual friend here in town, or my mutual friend from Chandra, uh, Tony. He does his like movie nights every now and then. And we watched Exorcist two and three back to back. Long, yeah. Long story short, <laughs> Exorcist two is officially my least favorite movie of all time, yeah. and it, it just is. And Exorcist three might be my current favorite horror movie because, like, I just I love that fucking movie so much. Hell yeah! So yeah, I, I you gotta watch it. I'll watch them at it. some point. Definitely. I'll probably watch Skip Exorcist three at some point yeah. in the next month. I'm watching the second out of curiosity. I have to. Like, Ooh, good luck. I, I suppose I do have a topic, and it does tie into our our discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, studio Ghibli were acquired by like a Japanese TV studio. I did not hear about it's this. Now, it only came out today, and it, and now they're going to be getting into producing TV shows. So we might be getting Studio Ghibli anime series soon. Huh. Well, there you go. That's interesting. I don't want it, man. Uh, I don't want it. I've had enough of shows. <laughs> like, there's too many shows. I will agree with Way that. Way too many shows. I, there's just too many. It's insane. I bet you they but do hey, a fucking, uh, like, spin-off of, like, Kiki's Cat or some shit. Like, <laughs> oh Gigi, I would watch the cat Gigi, Gigi, that's the one. I would watch Dude, that so much. <laughs> they gotta get a new voice actor. That ruined it for me, that, that voice actor for the cat. The Japanese the American or the voice. 
No, the English. So maybe the Japanese was actually. Good, but oh no, we'll 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 get to it. We'll yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. There's too many shows, man. But hey, that's still. Hey, I mean, I'm sure they'll pump out some good shit. I hope so. To, I know. hope it's at least quality over quantity. And I guess I'll just quickly mention one more mini topic mm-hmm. that is also related to the episode. Um, Liam recommended Miyazaki's filmography because Miyazaki said he was going to retire. And oh, now come on. Not. All right. Like, For the I, seventh time. I cut, it, I cut it out of the episode, so there's no proof of me saying you that. You should have left it in. You should no. have left it in. But I, you know, I would this sound is like the seventh time. This is well, like no, because it was time. before it was announced, though. So Yeah, I guess. But... This is like the seventh uh, time he said he's retiring, and the head of Studio Ghibli said that basically he was like, yeah, he was going to retire, but, you know, <laughs> after every movie he makes, he's so fucking tired that he's like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And then he's just showing back up the Ghib- Ghibli offices with, like, ideas for their There's quotes Ghibli of him. theme park. There's quotes of him, like, after every movie that he makes where he's just like, I hate this shit, like, this is just so much pain. <laughs> and, like, then he just goes and does it again. <laughs> So like I, I completely like, when when I said that like I knew it was probably not going to happen, like he was not probably going to retire. But I just thought I'd say it anyway on the off chance. So, yeah. Well, the dude's like in his eighties, like you know. Yeah. I mean, he'll be making animes till he dies. Yeah, fair sure. Fair play to him. Like you know, go ahead. He makes good shit. Scorsese so. of, of anime for real. I think he would probably get bored with retirement. Uh, I just have some really goofy topics some interesting headlines i thought you guys would get a kick out of i'm i'm keeping it light for this one no world ending shit this time <laughs> all right so in this headline uh just a little small story about a couple was livid by a farting dog in their 13 hour <laughs> flight that they got they got a 1400 refund because they were so upset that a dog kept farting throughout the entire flight <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I'd be upset they can too. be pretty fucking awful. That would be terrible, yeah. Um, the couple says that the gas was only half the battle because they also had to contend with the dog loudly snorting, and it was like a bulldog mix, oh, like a, some type of bulldog thing. Uh. That'd be terrible because you're just stuck. But I mean, I anyway, just a stupid little story i thought i feel uh, like dogs on planes are so annoying honestly like i've never seen one myself be... but that would like piss me off and then uh, another animal related headline this one i found pretty disturbing honestly but it's i don't know it, so this is the second time this has ever happened in history apparently but surgeons have transplanted a pig's heart into a dying man as a last bid to save his life that's really cool actually did it work it's cool, but it's kind of like when you think about it, like they this guy's living with a pig heart. It's so weird. Like you're mixing human and an animal like that. Um, yeah, the guy was a 58-year-old Navy veteran, and he was facing near certain death from heart failure, but other health problems meant he wasn't eligible for a traditional heart transplant. So they gave him a pig's heart instead. And now he's he's living, I guess. That's crazy. It's gonna turn into a pig, like in Spirited Away. <laughs> well, apparently, pigs' hearts are like the closest to human hearts of the animal kingdom, so that makes sense. Mm. But I just wonder if a pig heart can take the strain of what like humans do, like on a base daily basis. You know, like pigs usually are just standing there. What like if this guy ever goes on a run, he's probably gonna die or something. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Speaking of crazy, though, um, check this out. The Tinder is offering a VIP subscription for $500 a month. Tinder. $500. This is insane. 500 <laughs> How How down bad do you have to be to... Pay five hundred a month, and you still can't. If you still can't go to girl if you, after paying five hundred a month, if someone pays that, like you're, you're... the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, the new plan was announced last Friday. It's called Tinder Select, and it was only offered to less than one percent of Tinder users who are among the app's most active. I guess, <laughs> and it would cost it would cost six thousand a year. God, so, I'm, I'm so glad I'm not back on, like, still on oh, Tinder. Dude, like, same. That was just... Same. That place is hor- oh, it's, horrible. It's the <sighs> worst. It, yeah. It's fucking disgusting how they just <clears throat> commoditize fucking people's loneliness. It's, that, it's fucking gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll fuck that shit. Companies will pray on I mean, they, they've yeah. always had that, like, Tinder gold, well, plus thing, like, all the time. Yeah. But, like, that is, like, a new low. But this is a new... <laughs> yeah. It is a new mm. low. Yeah. It's... I, I just I'll be interested to see if anybody even pays for it. I mean, who the fuck would pay for that? Last quick story, Elon. I couldn't not talk about this. Um, Elon Musk's Neuralink brain implant has been appro- uh, approved for human trials. So I don't know if you guys know about this. He's like he's working on like a brain implant. Yet more dystopian shit. Didn't the chip kill like a lot of monkeys? I have no I idea. Think so. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. The I first guess. thing that I thought about when I heard about this was like, because it's called Neuralink, and before I actually like joined this podcast with you, Quinn, um, mm-hmm. me and my friend uh, Mirak and Jackson, we were planning on like doing an Apex podcast and calling it Neuralink, because <laughs> that's because <laughs> that's like crypto's like alt. That's what it's called. Oh. So <laughs> we just decided like we were going to do that, and we were like dead set on it for a while, and then I joined this, and I was like. And they weren't getting <laughs> mics or anything. Like, they weren't oh. doing anything to get it going. So I was just like, fuck it, I'm just joining Quinn's one and <laughs> not doing this. Man. Well, this wow. podcast was the second option. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I was like, oh, Second fine. option's I'll, not bad. I'll join the Yet or No Yet podcast. And for those listening who don't know what this is, uh, it says trial patients will have a chip surgically uh, placed in the part of the brain that controls the intention to move. The chip installed by a robot will then record and send signals to the brain or to an app uh, with the initial goal being to grant people the ability to control a computer cursor or keyboard using their thoughts alone. It's like, why? What's the point? Like, is it really that worth it? I mean, sometimes, though, I feel like I would like something like that where it's like super convenient. Like I could just, you know, push a button on my head or something like that and play a song or something or call Mm -hmm. someone like that would be cool. But like, I don't know. I feel like but you it's don't gonna... know the effects of this thing. Yeah. I, I would be so paranoid. I'd be like, very, very paranoid. Would... Very paranoid. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that's some real dystopian stuff. We're just doing Especially brain coming from Musk. Like he, he's not a stable human. I wouldn't trust anything he oh, fucking no, puts he's, out. He's <laughs> he's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, we can get into the main topic, which this was Liam's choice, so Holy I didn't know shit. if he wanted to introduce. But... Uh, I can do a little thing. Yeah, we're just talking about Hayao Miyazaki. It's kind of like a director episode, but wait, we haven't seen all of the movies. We can still do it like the same way that we did, like the Park Chan-wook one mm-hmm. and shit. Like, just go through them in um, release order. Uh-huh. I think there's none that any of us hasn't seen. 
as in I right, think by, yeah, one of them and by that everyone, yeah, every one of them. yeah which is kind of cool yeah no but and I, to be fair though i think all the director episodes we've done i don't know if there has been a director other than christopher nolan who we've yeah. all seen nolan was the only one like yeah so like it's fine if we don't watch every single movie by them i mean because some directors just have too many movies yeah i got um, close with miyazaki but work and shit just fucked me over i got yeah same i got really close i, I think how many have you guys seen i've seen if we're not how counting many, how many the boy and the heron yeah we're not counting well that. counting counting if we're not counting that then there's 11 movies okay 11 and i've seen 10 I think you've seen more than me then. Really? Which is interesting because I proposed this idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, Keelan, you've seen nine? Is that? I I think I've seen eight. (laughs) Have I seen the least? Oh, damn. What? I think so. No. (laughs) I don't think you've seen Lupin, Castle in the Sky, or. Have you seen Ponyo? Ponyo. I haven't seen Ponyo. Mm. Fuck, man. The only one I haven't seen. I didn't have time. Yeah. <laughs> the only one that's I haven't okay. seen is this first movie, Lupin. That's the only one I haven't seen. Well, before we get into that, should we? I think we've been doing this. Should we just like give quick, brief introduction thoughts? Like, what do you think about Miyazaki? Yeah, I think he's a great director. I think he has, has like incredible vision for what he does. I I still just cannot get over like how intricate and like beautiful some of the designs that he comes up with are because they're just so fucking unique. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's a great yeah. director. He has a lot of passion for what he does. Like, even though it probably kills him half the time, it's really great to see, and I love him. I think mm-hmm. he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, pretty much everything that Liam said. I, I guess me with Miyazaki. Like before Liam had proposed the idea to do it, I had only seen My Neighbor Totoro, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> over the past couple of weeks, I've watched eight Miyazaki movies, and I just wow. wish I had seen them before. Because I'm glad you're saying I feel that. Like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I. I, I I, I feel like with a good portion of the ones I've watched recently, with, on a few rewatches, they could be like some of my favorite movies ever. And that's great. I, wow. I, 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 I feel like it would be like that if I watch, rewatch them because there's so much intricacies to his work. He always gives it his all, his all and all of his ideas are like fully fleshed out. It's, it's just a case of whether you gel with her or not. That's mm-hmm. what's going to you know, make or break a movie for you. I pretty much agree completely. Yeah, I third that. Like, I'm really not a big anime watcher. Like, I almost never go out of my way to watch an anime unless somebody tells me to. So I'm glad, I guess, that, yeah, you recommended this because I'd only seen maybe a few Miyazaki's before this. Like, well, three or four maybe. But similar to what Keelan said, I feel like I've never, I have not rewatched any of these 10 movies that I saw. I've only seen each of them once. Hmm, uh, there's some I really wish I rewatched because I know I would love them more. But I feel like if I ever did, then they would also jump up to being like some of my favorites probably ever. Because I know there's a lot of great stuff there. He's like the king of anime shit from what I've seen. At least movies, um, yeah. Definitely. At least hmm. movies for sure. And like he, he, it's like the perfect as everything a movie should need, like from the characters to the music and like, it looks so beautiful, but it actually has substance to it too. Like there's some deep shit, which you don't see with a lot of animated movies. So like, I don't know, I can see how it would kill him. Cause like the amount of work that has to be put into even just one of these movies has got to be insane. So, um, I can't even imagine. All of his movies are kids movies, but. I don't think he ever dumbs it down. And I think that's a really special thing to do as someone. Who I would agree with that, excluding 
I would I would agree with that, excluding the wind rising. Princess Mononoke is peak. Oh, okay, sorry. Oh, I, sorry, yeah, I and I Princess would, Mononoke. That too. The wind rising really isn't like a kids movie. Up. I don't think. Oh, that's yeah, that one's really like movie. mature. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty mature movie. Which which um, surprised the fuck out of me, by the way. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> I who here has seen his first movie, uh, Lupin? Third. I'm the only person here who has seen Lupin. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, I kind of planned <laughs> on going through his films chronologically, but I kind of I, I mm-hmm. abandoned that idea like instantly, I think. But yeah, I watched Lupin anyway, because I wanted to see it for a while because I had a friend in college who was obsessed with Lupin, like just the character of Lupin. And he would always go on about like Lupin sidekick Jigen. And so I've always been like, oh, I'd like I'd like to see some of those Lupin movies because there are like there's ser- there's an anime series that came before it which Miyazaki also worked on. There's like a ton of Lupin movies, and Lupin Third Castle Cagliostro is the second Lupin movie, and hmm. I, I I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, I I wish both of you have watched it because I think it it's just a fun little kind of crime ca- comedy caper thing, and hmm. the characters are all strong. The animation is top-notch as usual obviously and you know on top of it all it's just extremely funny the characters are so likable i love lupin as a character i love jigen you know damsel in distress of the movie she's also a really well-rounded character Mm -hmm. i appreciated that a lot but there's just a lot of like fantastic set pieces that you know you know it was just a lot of fun and yeah i I won't talk too much about it since i'm the only one who's seen it but yeah it's a great movie i'd give it an eight out of ten yeah i want to watch it i yeah, I really wish I did too. Next movie, though, I think we've all, see- yeah, we've all seen. We've all seen. Which, it. by the way, do we want to read the description of each movie or? or no? That might be I mean, a good idea. Fine. Yeah. So yeah, Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind. After a global war, the seaside kingdom known as the Valley of the Wind remains one of the last strongholds on Earth, untouched by a poisonous jungle and the powerful insects that guard it. Led by the courageous Princess Nausicaa. The, pa- the people of the valley engage in an epic struggle to restore the bond between humanity and Earth. Mm-hmm. So, pretty epic shit. I think there's a letterboxed review that says this, but it does feel like Miyazaki's Dune. It, yeah. it, it, it feels like it does draw a lot of inspiration from like the Dune book. Because like I don't mm-hmm. think the movie's out at that point. But it does feel like a lot a lot of it you know, was you know, heavily inspired by the book. Which was really cool. Because I, I, I didn't expect to like Nausicaa that much honestly I don't know why I, I, I whatever feeling I got from it I was just kind of like I'm not sure if I'll love like this but I ended up fucking loving it I thought it was awesome me and Keelan watched it together and yeah mm-hmm. we did I, I liked it quite a bit mm-hmm. it's not like among mm-hmm. my absolute favorites or anything but I think it's like really really strong especially in the visuals yeah no the, the visuals, visuals were awesome like and what for me what stood out the most about this though was like the world building yeah like, the world they were yeah. able to build like it's just nuts it I was mean, really interesting yeah so he's that's something that he's great with with all of his like high concept movies i guess like he really knows how to flesh out the world that the characters live in mm-hmm. and this is like the best case of that from his movies that i've seen um, so that was like the strongest aspect for me, for sure. Yeah, Nausicaa feels like you're like a really just lived-in world, like you buy yeah. like every element of it, like you know whether mm-hmm. it's like the the poison swamp or whatever, or like the woodlands or the desert and all that. 
it all feels like it has a purpose in its society let's say i mean i i guess you know it's it's also kind of an element that would go on to be explored in like princess mononoke where it's like you know the the humans trying to eliminate a force that they don't like you know it's 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 a classic movie plot really i think but i think, I think those two are like is... the most similar in his filmography honestly mm. like nausicaa and mononoke yeah. are very very similar and i think nausicaa herself is like a really really fun character yeah she's great. really she's a really great character i really love nausicaa mm-hmm. and the the insect thingies like the huge the insect ohms? thingies i, I love fucking the love ohms. them yeah they're so cool the design ohms. of them is awesome yeah like, they look great like huge like fucking wood uh like woodlouse lice or something <laughs> it's just so fucking yeah. cool i love those ohms mm-hmm. yeah they're great and um what was the what was the name of that little thing that she got at the start like her little pet oh yeah oh, fox squirrel fuck i can't remember the name oh, i remember the name i remember the I, name i can't i think they literally oh, call it like a fox squirrel or something no it had a name it had a name had a little name though but i damn it can't remember it it was cute though um <laughs> It was really cute. Yeah, that thing was adorable. It was just always on her yeah. shoulder. I love how it like just <laughs> bites her and makes her bleed at the start, but then it's like, oh yeah, you're fine. Uh-huh. You're fine, I guess. <laughs> just chills on uh, her shoulder the entire it's movie. Cute. Yeah. But yeah, just like I, the world building for me, and then just like all the animation. That's what held it up. The story itself, it was it was interesting, but I just wasn't as fully immersed into like what was going on between these like different groups of people i was kind of mm. more like amazed like i was more amazed by the animation the soundtrack and this is something i don't know if it's it's probably it's a me problem i'm sure but with a lot of miyazaki movies eventually the plot gets to a point to where i it either loses me or i just am like i was not focusing on it as well as i could to begin with it's definitely not a you problem because i've had that with some as well definitely Mm -hmm. like occasionally worst cases occasionally his like Mm -hmm. plots or like a lot of the exposition type stuff or like deep explanation about lore it can lose me over time Mm-hmm. Like in the yeah. like first half of the movie, I'll usually be into it, but then I'll just be like, man, like it's just kind of getting to a point where it's a bit too dialogue yeah. heavy now, and and especially yeah. especially because his movies are so fantastical, it's like it's explaining these things that already I'm trying to wrap my head around, and then you're involving you're bringing in more stuff like that, mm. and so it's already just kind of like a lot a lot to take in. Um, and so, yeah, it, it happens a few times with a few of his movies to where the plot really does kind of lose me. And I'm sure on a rewatch, this is totally where a rewatch would help. So I hope that I, I rewatch these at some point. That, that, that's a totally yeah. valid thing to say. So I, I, yeah. I looked at I looked it up. That creature's name was Tito. T-E-T-O. That oh, was okay. it. Yeah. Tito. <laughs> but I, I think one thing that really stood out to me about the film was like the... The, the design of like the props and stuff like that i thought it was very fucking cool like the looks of the guns like all yeah. the ships and like nausicaa's like glider thing oh i that love that thing so cool. oh yeah. i really like that <laughs> like the i just can't imagine the amount of time like they had to take to draw this stuff like i just i can't fucking i'm imagine. always just blown away by that shit like sometimes you just look at a single frame and it's like man like yeah. look at all the detail fuck exactly yeah yeah Every Miyazaki movie has had a moment where I'm like, just how how the fuck do you do this animation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No wonder it kills him. I mean, it really does. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like, there's a lot of things he throws in there. Just they don't have to be there, but they're there and they make like a huge impact. I feel. 
because mm-hmm. like the, the the film kind of feels more alive in that way like there's a lot of little details and like his animation like we'll, I, i'll probably bring more up later but i th- i think it's a special thing about ghibli films in particular just the amount of attention to detail and care that they put into it yeah and it's not it's yeah. not there for nothing as well like you know some of these things are probably unnecessary to have there but it is still like world building and like getting you immersed in that world and i think that's important for these kind of movies so oh no i'm i'm, yeah. I'm talking in terms of like little movements even I'm, I'm just saying like that i wasn't saying in terms of what you were saying oh just, yeah yeah even if i don't completely vibe with every element of miyazaki's movies i feel like everything serves its purpose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely and um, nosk is a good one but yeah yeah I, it is I really a good one nosuka. yeah I, 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 I wish i had more to say about it because i did really love it but it's been mm-hmm. you know it's been it's been a couple of weeks since i watched it and you know other yeah. things that clogged and up we... my mind but i loved it in the moment and i still do from memory i'd, I'd give nosuka a 9 out of 10 i really lo- i really loved it quinn nice i give it a 7 out of 10 uh i'm sure it would go up a bit on rewatch at least to an 8 just i yet again the story it's just it's a lot so um i i just i need to rewatch it but overall good movie for sure i i enjoyed it i mean i'll 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 be honest i'm a bit more leaning towards you quinn actually like i really Mm -hmm. liked it quite a Mm -hmm. lot but it's not among my absolute favorites and it it's probably gonna fall in the lesser category of his movies right now mm-hmm. but if i rewatch it again and i find something that i love then you know it could always go up but just yeah, yeah as of now probably like a seven yeah mm-hmm. yeah because totally. even even the lesser miyazaki movies are still good yeah i don't know if this guy can make a bad movie so like <laughs> probably not he just you know all right well the next one castle in the sky which i think i'm the only one who's seen it yeah. as far as i know i was going um, to watch that I, instead of the wind rises but funnily enough like i saw you watch the wind rises and i was like oh, okay i'll watch that then and then i was like oh yeah, he's yeah. also watching castle in the sky uh, <laughs> yeah i didn't plan on watching this because if we were going to record earlier in the day like what we planned on i wouldn't have been able to watch this mm. but i was able to squeeze it in today before this recording so um yeah the quick synopsis a young boy and a girl with a magic crystal must race against pirates and foreign agents in a search for a legendary floating castle that sounds so, fucking awesome yeah no it's it is and it is it is pretty awesome um yet again i mean you could say that you could say this about all the miyazaki movies but the animation is incredible the music's incredible the characters are cute and wholesome and you get attached to them it's it's one of his more funnier movies actually like there were times to where i actually like laughed a bit and like <laughs> there were there's funny moments in each of his movies but this one in particular for me for some reason yeah um and uh yeah just the like once they get to the actual castle in the sky the animation is just fucking nuts like i mean once you look at it it's yet again the amount of like detail he's able to put in in just like one shot the entire like it it's insane it's like a photograph of like a real life thing Mm. so um yeah i mean overall it has everything you pretty much need out of a miyazaki movie but um it didn't like blow me away it's just kind of your average miyazaki like what you would expect if you had already seen a lot of his movies i guess okay um it's uh yeah it's 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 good it's it's not like anything crazy that i'm like that's gonna stick with me for a long time like some of his later movies will 
but I'm still feeling like a 7 out of 10 on this one. It's good. Um, if I ever came back to it, I'm sure it would go up yet again. But yeah, it's, it's a good movie. Um, so everyone should see it. All right, moving on to, I think, uh, yeah, one of his most popular movies, My Neighbor Totoro. Have we all seen this? Yeah, yeah. we have, okay. I think, right? I wasn't yeah. sure if Keelan had, my bad. All right, two sisters move to the country with their father in order to be closer to their hospitalized mother and discover the surrounding trees are inhabited by Totoro's magical spirits of the forest. When the youngest runs away from home, the older sister seeks help from other spirits to find her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, you, I think right off the bat, you could kind of tell, at least I could tell, like, this is where his animation kind of, like, takes a shift. Like, I feel like his first three movies kind of had a certain style of animation, and this gets almost even more clean. Am I the only one that noticed that? Um, I can see that. I don't know. I, th I, know think I haven't I mean. seen Totoro in years. It was, like, 16, 17 when I watched it. So I don't remember a whole lot from it. I remember love. Mm -hmm. I remember really loving it. It's a really adorable little movie, but the animation did, was a huge standout. I, yeah. I think that I, they yeah. kind of they kind of have a a little less to put in the frame in this one probably. That's true. Because like That's things like Noska and I imagine Castle in the Sky have like so much yeah. detail detail to them, mm -hmm. and this and one it, is a little bit lesser because it's like a kind of cute, more contained, wholesome little story. And that's, I'm glad, that's a good point that you said it's contained because I think this is how I view, like, Miyazaki movies, I feel like he either, he either makes his, uh, his movies, like, really high concept and just packed full of a lot of stuff going on, or it's just really minimal yeah. and there's rarely an in-between, and I really gravitate towards the minimal, I feel like, because... If, if I'm already like if I'm, I'm already focused on more of the characters and the animation and less so about the plot so I kind of like I really like that type of uh, approach more honestly mm -hmm. with his movies and so I just wish that he would finally he would kind of like find that middle ground because it's either big fucking world building epic or like small contained cute drama like there's like rarely an in between. I don't know if I'm the only one that sees it that way. No, no, I, I, I can agree with no, that. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, but I mean, like I, I, so I liked this movie for sure because it was like more contained and just you know focused on a few characters. And, I think it's a really um, lovely movie. Like it's, I, I don't think it's like too simplified or anything like that. Like it, it mm -hmm. still has a lot of like intricacies to you know the world building and stuff like that. Obviously. And the creature design of, like, and shit like that. Yeah, I remember definitely. like a lot of mature elements in that. There are, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like with like I, I, from memory, like especially with regards like the, the children's relationship with their parents and all that, mm. and them moving into a new home and kind of getting like acclimated to it and kind of feeling distant from everything else. I suppose. No, it definitely is like yeah, a bit more mature and like yeah, there is there is still intricacies like you said too. Like, even his most simplest movies, with the exception of, like, one that we'll talk about, probably. Uh, <laughs> I think they all have, like, intricacies, and they're not just fucking nothing happening. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, even, I, I don't know. I just love the laid-back feel of it, and just, like, the cute characters, and just the amazing visuals. And, like, it's, it's a lot of his movies are really a vibe. Like, they're really kind of just, like, a vibe that you can yeah. just, like, 
and the fantastical animation just let it like wash over you you know so i think to me this is think, like uh, a little bit more of a middle ground kind kind of movie at least to me mm-hmm. like because i don't think it's too far either way but i guess it I depends agree, on how yeah. you view it though I, yeah i feel I would, like all together i feel like all together it's like a, a very agreeable movie like i can't really imagine anyone like straight up hating this movie yeah that'd Obviously, be weird probably yeah. are people like that. <laughs> yeah but <laughs> <laughs> that would be man i but fucking I feel... hate totoro's those fucking <laughs> things look so stupid like who would like who i don't know why you would hate this movie <laughs> uh, but, yeah like you were saying it it is a vibe you know yeah and yeah it, it's just it's a very cute little movie it doesn't there's not really even a plot, really, is there? I mean, it's well, it's very loose. Kind of it's very loose, but I mean, you know, they they move to this like fantastical area, and then the main plot kicks in when the daughter goes missing. But that doesn't happen for a while hmm. in the movie. So a lot of it is just watching the characters just go about their life, you know, introducing the spirits, hmm. and then like the urgency kicks in, like maybe two thirds of the way through. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it is really a chill movie for the most part, which is fine for this. You know, it's, it's a short movie, very short. It might be the shortest movie for all I know. I don't know. But I think it is. It's like 86 minutes, so. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I wish I rewatched it before this because, yeah, it, w- it would have just been like a nice, simple watch. But, yeah, I it, love... it has been too long for me. I also love the cat that turns into a bus. <laughs> the cat bus. The way it fucking... The, the cat bus and the way it runs around and its eyes light up like headlights. I was like, that's... How do they think of this shit? The cat like, bus is cool. awesome. That's like a huge... Yeah. Like, that's one of those big, um, like, staples of Ghibli, I think. Like, one that yeah. they always use as, like, a big promotional mm-hmm. thing. Cat bus. For sure. Cats and in Totoro... I guess, speaking of that, I mean, the Totoro is, like, at this point, like, the Ghibli, like, yeah. mascot. I mean, he shows up for, like, the first... Like, every time that... It opens up Studio Ghibli, you see the Totoro. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's, it encapsulates, I think that's because it encapsulates, like, everything a Ghibli movie should, like, be and do, you know? That's so, true, yeah. Um, that's probably why. But, yeah, it's just a great fucking movie. Um, if we're wrapping that one up, I guess I'd give it, like, an 8 out of 10, which it, it's really close to a 9. The more we talk about it, it's close to a 9, but I'm still feeling an 8 out of 10 on I, it. I have it at an 8 as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. I also have an eight, at an eight out of ten. Damn. Ooh, nice. It's probably the only time we'll all agree on one of these. I bet. Nah, I bet it will not. be. Nah. I don't know. There's some that I don't love as much as you guys, and I wish I did. So we'll get into those. But moving on to to Kiki's delivery service. Um, Ugh. here is they. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Damn. Um, I'm, here I'm not a is fan. the plot. Go on. Well, from your rating, I thought you were, but let's we'll get into that. Um, a young witch on her mandatory year of independent life finds a fitting finds fitting into a new community difficult while she supports herself by running on an air courier service. So yeah, See, that's I, the plot. I, I logged um, I logged this um, from 2017, so it's been six years mm, basically. So damn. But like having thought about it more over time, like it's just it is. It's so, so, so simple. Like, too simple. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't yeah. really do much for me at all. Like, I don't latch on to mm-hmm. any of the characters. I find the cat annoying as fuck. Kind of. Even though it's <laughs> yes, a black cat. Yes. I love black cats, obviously. 
No, I also <laughs> agree. I, I found it annoying too, which is what probably lowered it by like half a star for me. It was just the cat alone because hmm. it is a big part <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it still has like a, a lot of great qualities that Miyazaki movies have though. And that's yeah. still like a, at least a cute, a cute character, like and an, a really distinguished like look and like hmm. all of the technicalities, I guess. But yeah, when it comes to the plot, it is the most kind of do nothing plot. You're really just watching this girl just kind of like go about. It's like a coming of age movie. It's like Miyazaki's coming of age movie, I guess. Yeah. Like this girl trying like kind of coming into independent life. So I don't know. Um, it just doesn't really explore on those themes enough for me because. Yeah. I don't know, it just feels so simple and dumbed down for a while. And I guess it's just kind of like a little hangout, do-nothing vibe movie. And that's mm-hmm. fine. There's a place for those. Yeah. Fuck you guys, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, oh, we, okay. me, and, me, me and Liam are in the minority, and I know that too. Like, if I look at the rev- like ratings on Letterboxd, I mean, everyone loves it. So, yeah. um, I, I, ex- I expect it to be in the boat with you guys, honestly. Uh, it's just fallen apart for me over time i just like uh, mm. i don't know but yeah. the the thing is i i watched it the other um was it the other night it was the other night but yeah i watched it and it was just it was so fucking lovely and i do think that i don't think it's dumbed down honestly i don't think it's dumbed down like you know mm-hmm. the whole plot is she yeah like quinn said she's going off in her mandatory year of independence and she has to discover who she is basically and I think it's a, like, especially for kids and stuff who, I think this is probably, apart from maybe Ponyo and Totoro, his probably most kid-friendly movie. Mm. Because it is very sweet. It's very cute. It is pretty simple. But I think it is a good message for kids, like, not to kind of put yourself in a box and kind of go on a path that, like, you know, well, I mean, path that you want to go down. That's probably just it then. You know, we're, we're adults now. We're all miserable and jaded and had enough and... <laughs> You know, kids will probably find something in this, I would imagine. But and call, and call me a fucking ten-year-old because I found a lot to love in that. <laughs> then call me a fucking ten-year-old. What a line! Yeah, no, I, that's a good one. Did you did you both watch the dub? I did. Yeah, I can't. I, I think I watched the dub for all of them. I th- yeah. I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you found the cat annoying because the cat. Yeah. There was a point where I switched to the dub out of curiosity, and the dub for the cat was atrocious. Yes, it's it was yeah. very bad. <laughs> it was. At really least we can agree bad. on that. Yeah. I sh- if I ever go back for... to it, I probably will check out the Japanese. Yeah, I definitely yeah. will if I go back. Yeah. No chance I'm listening to that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in in the Japanese dub, it's like a it's like a kid, a chill little fucking little girl's voice, and I don't know why they changed it to like a guy in the english dub it's like a nasally guy's yeah. voice like it's weird it just doesn't suit it I th- it feels weird this no. this might be a bit of a stretch but i think it might have beca- been because of the popularity of sabrina the teenage witch oh is that right being big around the time it came out that's a good so maybe probably, they just kind of yeah. change it to be like um whatever the fucking cat's name was in sabrina but I can't remember yeah in, in in the japanese dub i thought the cat voice was cute it was really cute and i love the cat i love the cat so i might give it a rewatch much. in mm, japanese if i yeah <laughs> There's the whole sequence with Kiki's first delivery and like everything is going wrong and she has to fucking use the the cat as like bait for she she yeah. puts the cat in the cage and then has to live with like the family for like a day. I thought that was so fucking funny. That is funny. That was one <laughs> of the more memorable like, parts of the movie for me. Yeah, 
and like just how rigid he was it's just it's so cute i loved it <laughs> yeah but I, no there's I definitely th- cute moments to be found for sure but I, I also just saw kiki herself is probably one of my favorite ghibli protagonists i really i think she was a more grounded kid character than they've had in most of their movies because yeah. there is an element of like curiosity and all that but she's kind of grounded as well because she also has to fend for herself at like 13 years old mm-hmm. which is you know pr- pr- pretty unique but like she finds you know the bakery and they offer a place and it's all going swimmingly but then the relationship between her and the kid is also really fun because like she's always like pushing him away like every chance she gets mm-hmm. and I, I just i that stuff was kind of it was cute and the, the kid kind of looked like Anthony Fantano, so that was funny. <laughs> the, wait, the kid that was, like, obsessed with her? Yeah. Kind of? I guess with hair, yeah, he looked like him. Yeah. But I was expecting, I was thinking, imagining a bald kid, and I was like, is there a bald kid in Kiki's? Just get a red flannel, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I know what you mean with, like, I think Kiki, like, say what I will about it not having enough plot for me. Um, I think the character of Kiki definitely is like one of the most you could say she's one of the most like iconic anime protagonists like she has that like really like just that quality about her I don't know what it is it's like that distinguished like iconic look like you know when you when I see a picture like you see her with like the red bow and the broom Mm. and shit and like you know that character like she's more memorable I guess than some of the other child characters like the child characters in Castle in the Sky, I really, they were like the least interesting part of the movie for me. Mm. So he's definitely had some uninteresting characters. And so she at least stands out. Yeah. But um, could we go into spoilers briefly? Sure. Spoilers for Kiki's delivery service. <laughs> Look, th- this this was my Letterboxd <laughs> review, but I was very amused by the fact that the last act of the movie was basically Spider-Man 2. I got a, I got a huge kick out of that. <laughs> Because she loses her powers and she, because she gets so anxious to the point where she loses her powers and she has oh. to try to regain them. So it, yeah. it's it's Spider Man two for weebs. I stand by that. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> and I think the oh, way it's hilarious. dealt with, the way it's dealt with is really like endearing. Like there's that there's that girl in the forest that's living on her own, the artist that helped that you know keeps the doll for her when it falls into the forest. I thought that character mm. was really strong as well, and I liked their bond as well. And it, it's kind of like a a parallel to what's happening to Kiki because like Kiki's living on her own in a town she doesn't know and this older girl has kind of adjusted to life on her own in the forest and I thought you know that contrast was really sweet and I like how they how they got along it was fun really enjoyed that element of it mm. no I'm totally open to re-watching it like to be honest I would love to re-watch all of these movies because even though right now I don't know if I could say Miyazaki is like one of my favorite directors, I could see him becoming one of my favorites just because all the potential here that of like my second viewing, I know it could bring a lot more. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm definitely definitely open to rewatching this. Yeah, um, I definitely am too. Until then, as of now, I'm feeling a six out of ten. It's not a bad movie. It's okay. It's watchable, but it's just like not enough there for me even though i'm i like the minimal movies he does there's still not enough there for me so i mean my rating was back in 2017 and i'm like i, I think i was a bit more generous back then but like right now i'd probably give it like a five out of ten it's definitely my least mm. favorite ghibli movie from what i've seen but mm. yeah well miyazaki yeah. maybe. but even ghibli like from what i've seen it's still my least favorite <laughs> for me i initially gave it an eight 
but I upped it to a 9 because I just couldn't stop thinking about how lovely the experience was and how much I appreciated about it. Yeah, I, I really love Kiki. It really grew on me. It's a really charming film. All right, moving on to Porco Rosso. Yeah. came out in 1992. You're introduced to an Italian World War I fighter ace, now living as a freelance bounty hunter chasing air pirates in the Adriatic Sea. He has been given a curse that has changed his head to that of a pig. Once called Marco Pagot, uh, he is now known into the world as Porco Rosso, Italian for red pig. I just got to come right out the gate and say we need to cancel Porco Rosso. <laughs> I did not. I, I did not appreciate he, the way he spoke to that sixteen-year-old girl. Fair. Remind <laughs> me what what was he saying again? There's that there's that part where he's talking to the engineer. And he's like, oh, that's my granddaughter. Don't don't talk to her. And then he was like, I can't promise anything. I'm a pig. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he is a pig. I loved, I, right off the bat, I love the quotes in this movie. This probably has, like, my favorite quotes of any of the Miyazaki Ghibli movies. Like, just, it does have one like, of my favorite quotes. Yeah. Is, are you thinking of the, uh, I'd rather be a one. pig than a fascist? Yeah. That that's, like, the so most. Heard. It does, yeah. I all the I just love how he constantly brings that up like his he's I'm a pig like he's just always saying it. <laughs> it's just funny to me. For me, this was one of those times to where he did nail the uh, like it's minimal but there's still enough going on. And to me, to me, what carries it all is is the character. I just I love the character of Porco Rosso. That yeah, he's great. That is he is, and I mean because it's all focused around him and. I just, I don't know, I just love the character, I love the vibe of the movie, I love, I don't know, like I said, the dialogue, the quotes, um, the animation as always. I don't know, I love, the, I, this is one of the ones I love, like, I really love this it movie. It is one of the ones um, I kind of want to rewatch as well, because, like, at the moment mm-hmm. it has, like, the same score as um, Kiki's Delivery Service, but I definitely like it more than that. I do want to watch it again, and I might try the English one, because I know that you said it was Michael Keaton, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the one I've seen. It's it's pretty I, good. Yeah, I was I was I was gonna say um, I watched every every one of these movies in Japanese except Porco Rosso. I watched it mm. in English. Well, I watched it in Japanese my, when I watched it. So yeah, I haven't heard mm-hmm. my yeah. Anymore. Me and my friends yeah. have a have have an ongoing meme of the Michael Keaton cinematic universe, <laughs> and I I had to you know watch the English dub in solidarity with that. And I regret it. I thought Michael Keaton was awful. He was too stoic. Really? <laughs> yeah, you thought I he thought was he awful? Should... I thought it I thought it fit the character though, because the character's so like you know, he's he is kind of stoic in a way. Stoic isn't the word. I mean stiff. I feel like it mm. it felt like his first time voice acting and it probably was. It felt like he was just an actor that was thrown into a booth and was like, "Here you go. Here's a script. Read it." That's kind I of don't know. I, I to me, if he gave me like a noir vibe, like he was like reading, like it was like a like a like sort of a really smoky, like fucking subdued, mm. edgy, like moody character. You know, like that's the vibe it gave me. So that's why I didn't mind that type of voice you know, acting. You know what's one thing I really appreciate about this movie and a lot of Ghibli movies actually. I like that it doesn't feel the need to explain everything. Like, they mm. don't explain why he's a pig. There's, like, one yeah. line where, like, they're looking at a photo of him from, like, World War One or whatever, and the girl's like, oh, I'm so sad you scribbled out your face, you were so handsome. And Porco Rosa's like, oh, I just want to forget about it. And then they move on. They never mention it again. I love that, too. 
I, I love that because like that's the He's thing is that a lot of his movies yeah a lot of his movies can get bogged down in the really mystical like explaining the mystical backstory of everything or like just like steeping you in all this like lore but i like the fact that this kind of like left things up to interpretation left it up to the unknown i feel like, like if, knows, if it was who cares if it was too lore heavy i feel like it would have ruined the movie this one in particular totally. yeah because i i do like the simplicity of it and how just kind of yeah. chill it can be at times like i love mm-hmm. all the scenes in that like um like bar like restaurant thing that they are always frequenting the one that's like yeah. on the river i love all those scenes because mm-hmm. it's just so like comfortable and like the sound design is so nice it's it's great and yeah definitely i i like the simplicity of it as well but i think this is like one of few ghibli movies that i've just the story didn't really grab me even though it is very I, I can say the same but the story I, didn't grab me much either i i enjoyed fair. the characters like i i like i love porco rosa as a character yeah. he's a fun character whatever her name was the mechanic the 16 year old mechanic yeah, who everyone's cool. lusting uh, after apparently but <laughs> yeah but um, yeah but like the last half an hour kind of lost me a bit mm. i i wasn't a huge fan of the last half an hour it was just kind of like mm-hmm. yeah okay we're kind of going through the motions at this point it feels like it's padded out to become a feature-length film mm-hmm. kind of i mean yeah i i didn't i like the story enough but we're really where it does shine is the main character like i could just watch this fucking character do anything i don't know why he's so interesting for me to watch i don't know i mean it's just the design of him the attitude of him he's a pig in a plane what more do you need he's a pig in a plane that's <laughs> he's like, a vibe he's a big guy he is. He he could be uh, one of Ghibli's. He's literally me characters, probably. <laughs> um. I'll, I'll also say that like the animation was stellar, but it oh, yeah. felt a little bit of a step down. I don't know what it is. I feel like because I I think I watched Spirited Away in the same day, so maybe I was. Oh like... shit! Well, that's like <laughs> night and day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I there's like, like a lot like less to, def- to display with Borgo Rosso. But right. It's still good. Yeah. Like it's good animation. It's it's. I won't diss it, but I feel like there's, like even in comparison to like one of the some of the ones I've watched recently, it, it feels like it's trying to be more down to earth. If that makes sense, yeah, there's not like a lot of flourishments. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this is probably this is definitely one of the most grounded Ghibli films. <laughs> it's not like some other than the guy being a pig, other than this guy having a curse that turned his face to a pig. It's one of the more grounded. Um, like you're not seeing you know a dragon flying around and then like all these crazy creatures like so there's not as much to display you know mm-hmm. um so maybe that's why they didn't put as much of an emphasis on the animation but i really think they made up for it in just like the characters and the music and all the other stuff that makes these movies good i think what i've um, learned about miyazaki is he really likes planes he does <laughs> yeah. he likes planes and castles and he likes the sky. fucking and nature. In the sky. <laughs> yes, and nature. And just, yeah, the, totally he does. It, it does actually pop up in the movie, but Studio Ghibli comes from a plane. Like, he got the name from, like, a plane. Oh. Did he? Well, that, that there's, makes there's a sense. Ga- there's a game called Ghibli or something, and in the in Porco Rosso, that, like, the engineer is showing Porco Rosso, like, an engine that they're going to install in this plane, and Ghibli is written on it. Oh. Hmm. You see, he was saying it's, it's like that. a 1929 fighter jet engine that was kind of malfunctioning or whatever but they just didn't treat it right or whatever but yeah Hmm. it comes from a plane but yeah i guess to wrap up porco rosso i i love it 
I love the character. I love how simple it is, but there's still enough there to keep me interested. Um, I, I've only seen it once, but I can't wait to watch it again. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I'm feeling a solid 7 out of 10, but there's there's always the chance it goes up on rewatch. Who knows? Like like you were saying earlier, like even a lower Ghibli movie is still better than most movies out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is probably in a lower tier Ghibli for me, but I'd still give it a 7 out of 10, and I'd readily rewatch it any day, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty mm-hmm. short, and it is yeah. fun. And it might even go up on a rewatch. I, I, you never know. Moving on to Princess Mononoke. Ashitaka, a prince of the disappearing Emeshi people, is cursed by a demonized boar god and must journey to the west to find a cure. Along the way, he encounters San, a young human woman, fighting to protect the forest, and Lady Iboshi, uh, who is trying to destroy it. Ashitaka must find a way to bring balance to this conflict. I really didn't know like anything about the movie before watching it. I watched it with Julia because she's a huge fan of it. Like, I, I really do think that this is probably the best I've seen his designs of creatures and, like, just places outside of Spirited Away. And that's, like, really saying something because that movie means a hell of a lot to me. But, like, I, I've mm-hmm. just never seen it, like, be so fucking detailed and unique. And, my God, like, oh, some of the things in this fucking movie. My God. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's the- a good thing to start off with is, yeah, the designs. Because that is... What I could say is, for me, the strongest aspect of all of it is, like, the crazy but detailed character designs. Like, shit I wouldn't expect to see. Hmm. Like, it's just, it's so detailed and so, like, lifelike for an animation movie. Like, so right off the bat, the yeah. opening scene, like, with the boar being, like, possessed oh, yeah. and shit. Like, it's fucking horrifying <laughs> and, like, so yeah. detailed and, ugh. Yeah. Like, it just, I was like, oh, okay, fuck, we're going, like, straight in. Goddamn. Hell Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I watched this movie while I was quite tired, regrettably, and I did not expect it to be what it was. I did not expect it to be so fucking dense with lore. Like, it is so fucking lore-heavy. It is very lore-heavy. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen Wind Rises, but of what I've seen, it is probably his most mature movie in terms of, like, thematic elements and, like, what you actually have to comprehend to get into it, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, it is gory as fuck. I did not expect yeah. that from a PG movie. I didn't expect Holy that either. Yeah, it is. It's that, one of the better, yeah, strong suits of it for sure. Is it's gore? I, that was refreshing. I, I, I saw a dude getting like his arm cut off in the background, like near the beginning, and I was like, oh, interesting how they snuck that in. And then like immediately, the main guy fucking shoots a guy's head off with an arrow. It was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. This is one of the only ones that you could really argue like is it a kids movie i don't know if it is meant for for kids but it could be there there, there isn't there's a couple of interesting things that i found out like about the behind the scenes of this movie first off i after i after i watched it i found out that there's actually two different translations for it mm-hmm. there's one that mm. sticks to miyazaki's original script which is kind of more elaborate and more dense but the one the most popular one the one i know i watched anyway if they called it like the forest spirit in your version it's the version you watch as well they had like a script translated by neil gaiman and that's the translation they go by in the dub i think which i and they kind of like simplify things so like children can understand it hmm. like the forest the forest spirit has like some weird japanese name in like miyazaki script and they just adapted it for like english language i, I should mean, like the forest spirit i should say right now that i did watch this in english because julia very much insisted on it i really wish i hadn't kind of like i i'm sorry mm. julia but 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love the Japanese version of it. I, I wanted to watch the I, Japanese. I, I thought the voice acting was fantastic. Like, I'll, I'll definitely rewatch it with the Japanese. Same with Kiki, obviously. But, like, the, the voice acting isn't, like, bad or anything. There are, like, very good moments. Like, fucking Billy Crudup is the main guy. Which is, like, he does very oh. well. And, um, that, you know, that little short dude with, like, the red nose? You know him? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, see, that's the one that I didn't like about the English dub. I thought Billy Bob, I like Billy Bob Thornton, but he his voice, for me, did not fit into this movie. Uh, the only um, one that really didn't fit for me, funnily enough, was Princess Mononoke, and it was Claire Danes, and... Oh, I yeah. I just felt like her, her lines were so exaggerated, and it felt like she was just trying to go very over the top with it. And I was just like, "Come on, like mm. you don't have to be even, that even... intense about everything." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even, even though I watched the the Japanese version, the credits were still like the English voice actors. And when I saw Claire Danes pop up as Princess Mo- as Sen, I was just like, well, "Why?" Yeah. Well, that does that doesn't sound like it would suit very well. It, at all. it doesn't, in my opinion, but. I mean, Julia loves it. She swears by it. So, you know, if she enjoys it, that's great. But I just, I really want to rewatch it with the Japanese because I feel like it would be a little bit better for me. It did take away a bit Hmm. from it. Another interesting thing about this movie is how patient it is. I think it takes like a good hour or so to really, really get going. It's very patient. There's a very gradual buildup. Like, I don't even think Princess Mononoke comes into it for like an hour. Yeah, I didn't think so. Her name is like... (laughs) like you see her by the river like half an hour in and then they go off trying to go to the iron town other than that i don't think she speaks a word for like the first hour which is like crazy like the main character is basically what's his name um ashitaka yeah Mm. and you're following him the whole movie and it's his eyes you're going through and i suppose it's because he's trying to bring kind of a conflict to a close between the boars princess mononoke and the iron town and i think the conflict with them all is very interesting I think it's of like let's Nausicaa like we were talking about earlier it's this most similar to Nausicaa mm-hmm. I prefer the conflict in Princess Mononoke it's more fleshed out there's more to latch on to in it and I feel like the extended length of it is like a big contributor to that because like this it is, is the longest Miyazaki movie from what I can see yeah and it's also yeah. in the top five longest animated movies of all time oh wow I, I, I thought it was extremely interesting and what you're what lean was saying earlier about like all the designs and stuff like especially the the forest spirit i thought was like an adorable design yeah i mean it was it was great and like when it i mean i'm not spoiling anything but like it it changes throughout the movie and like when it does it's like whoa like (laughs) it just looks so cool yeah even those little those those little those little fucking things that like they creep me out at first but then i was like oh they're adorable actually (laughs) The, the more there are, it's just like oh, it's a little shaky no, these guys heads. Chill. It's like, <laughs> and and off the bat with like the the boar and like the fucking the rot or whatever the parasite is that yeah. they get. I'd, I'd I'd be you know disappointed if I didn't say this, but this of it's very obvious that Breath of the Wild took heavy ins- inspiration from this film, and mm-hmm. I think it used a lot of its best elements really well. Huh. Like there's a lot of parallels you can draw between the two game to two medias or whatever mm, but I, I, th- I think it's interesting oh i thought you had but yeah no it, it it draws a lot from it like even the rot like in breath of the wild link has like his left hand is kind of rotted let's say <laughs> interesting <laughs> and he, he gets magic powers and stuff but yeah, yeah. It, it is it is extremely influential i, th- I feel yeah i, I feel like it might be a lot 
I feel like it might be his most influential film. I think it's a... It could be. It's a fantasy film, like, through and through. Like, fantasy oh, war, yeah. basically. Not his most fantastical, but... No, but... Definitely... But it's just, yeah. like, very, very heavy on that, I think. And a lot of the, like, drama elements don't really come through all that well, I don't think. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't absolutely love this movie or anything. I think it's, like solid 8 out of 10 for me right now I, I think it's probably because of the English dub like I, I was just kind of distracted yeah. sometimes but like yeah the creature designs are all great and everything and the story is good but it's like it didn't completely wrap me up the way I hmm. wanted it to I can understand that I, I agree too because this was actually my first uh, Miyazaki movie I ever saw and I watched it like three or four years ago and I haven't watched it since so the plot itself is so it's not I don't remember hardly shit about the plot which is unfortunate because otherwise i'd be able to say more but like i just remember the character designs i remember like the look of the movie but the plot really has faded in my mind so like Mm. this was the one in particular i really wanted to rewatch before this but i i didn't but um i mean overall i I just appreciate the more gruesome approach that he took to it yeah and i mean the story warrants it for sure i'd like to see him do that more at some point that'd be cool like I like when he gets a bit <laughs> yeah. more edgy, like this, you know. <laughs> Who don't knows? Think Maybe the boy in the heron that... will be fucked up. I was about to say I don't know if we can expect it from the, the boy in the heron, but maybe. Who knows? No. Maybe but... there's some carnage in there oh. somewhere. Also, I, I, I want I want to bring up one more piece of info about behind the scenes of the movie because I fucking love this. So in the states, um, uh, Princess Mononoke was distributed by Miramax, mm. and y- you know the founders of Miramax are the Weinstein brothers, and. One of Miyazaki's stipulations when selling it to the to Miramax was um, no cuts, no cuts whatsoever. It has to stay the same length. Mm-hmm. And of course, mm. Harvey Weinstein, being like the anti-Eric fucking shitbag that he is, fucking he, he was like, we need to cut this down like by a good half an hour just to <laughs> simplify it for kids over here and shit. And so what Wanker. happened was was Miyazaki had a katana. <laughs> jammed into his office desk with the words inscribed on it no cuts <laughs> what <laughs> no way what what a fucking yeah, guy that's nuts all right i've just got so awesome. much more respect n- for me as often let's go yeah yeah oh my wow God. it's that's the most fucking, fucking awesome. baller shit i've ever heard i'm for <laughs> that is... weinstein as well hell yeah <laughs> i'd be that's... shitting myself oh, I, I love him fuck yeah it's great yeah oh miyazaki's <laughs> awesome but yeah overall um, it, it's it's really his most lore heavy in my opinion, which to be honest is kind of what bogged it down for me as to why I can't remember so much of the plot is that there was so much I was trying to absorb yeah. and I, I just a second viewing would, would really clear things up and I feel like it could jump to being one of my favorites from him mm-hmm. or favorites in general I don't know, so like uh, a, a second watch would really help, but as of now I'm also feeling an 8 out of 10 it's, it's great I didn't love it, love it, but I probably would on rewatch. Mm-hmm. I do feel similarly in that I would love to rewatch it because I feel like becoming more familiar with it and more accustomed to what it is, I feel like it could easily be one of my favorite films of all time. Like there's so much in it that I loved, but like the state I watched it in and like some elements, some tiny little elements didn't really work that well for me, but I feel like in rewatches, I would grow to absolutely adore it. But for now, I'm sticking with a nine out of 10. I really loved it. Nice. Well, moving on to Spirited Away. Yay. Woo. Um, a young girl, Chihiro. Chihiro. Wait, Chihiro. 
Chihiro, Chihiro. sorry. Chihiro. Um, Get it right, Quinn. Get it right. I know. Becomes trapped in a strange new world of spirits. When her parents undergo a mysterious transformation, she must call upon the courage she has never she never knew she had to free her family. One of the best films ever made. It probably is, yeah. I'm saying um, it right now, I agree. Fuck yeah. yeah. No, it's it's probably the best anime film ever made, for sure. Oh, it just I would it, say it kinda just is. I mean like <laughs> Yeah. Fuck. It's beloved for a reason. There's a reason why everyone jerks this movie off. Like you can see why. It it's is so deserved. Absolutely it perfect. Yeah, it is. It is. Like everything that we've been talking about is like perfect in this movie, I think. There's like enough simplicity to it to to be enjoyed. There's so much like great detail to the character designs and everything like that. Like the world building is fucking unreal. The soundtrack is beautiful. Yeah. It's just so it's so dreamlike too. Like the things you see in this movie you're just like this is what you would see. It's like you're describing like me if this was like a dream Miyazaki had through and through I wouldn't be surprised because it's so unreal and like his most fantastical movie. It is very dreamlike. Hmm. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah, it is very and, dreamy. Yeah, and which I mean, wor- it works though. And the animation is just fucking. Ins- I think it's his most beautiful movie, hands down. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I totally yeah. agree. But I, 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 I want to go back for a second because we haven't talked about it at all. But the music in every, every single Miyazaki movie is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> There's not one fucking Ghibli score that I don't like, and it's all it's all done by Joe His- Hisashi, I think. Mm-hmm. But. Mm. The Spirited Away score is my favorite, I think. Yeah. And I've been listening to the soundtrack a fair bit over the past couple of days, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. It so yeah. gorgeous. And it is extremely imaginative. It is probably one of the most creative films I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And even then, the story is so rich, and it's so grounded, and there's like a lot of fucking things you can latch onto in there. And the characters are so well-rounded, and they're all so lovable. I, I love just the journey that Chihiro goes on. Like, I think she's such a strong main character as well. She's a wonderful yeah. main character. And, like, the main conceit of, like, you know, getting into this dream world and then her parents turning into pigs and stuff, that's kind of fucking frightening shit. I mean, I watched this for the first time when I was a kid, and that part, like, yeah, it fucked me up. It fucked me up real good. But, like, <laughs> man, this movie is just so special. It's so special. And I have to just it's like, really special. right away just I'm just gonna gush right away about fucking Yubaba and No Face. Like <laughs> oh my god, their characters are just so fucking special, I think. Mm-hmm. And and the design yeah. of them, obviously. And the design of like every single character you come across. Like, oh my god. It's like I mean, it's iconic at this point. Like so many of the characters and designs in this movie are just like they're so synonymous with like anime in general yeah. like no faces yeah. mask i mean that like when you see that then i mean you think i that's like when i think anime i think of no face <laughs> like i think <laughs> of that character so i mean it's just yeah it's it's uh the pinnacle of fucking anime honestly so no face has such a like weird arc and i just love it like, yeah it's so yeah. unique like, I, I, I was not mm-hmm. expecting that when i watched this because like the only things I've ever seen of No Face is like, you know, the shot of them on the train near the end, and I've also seen like loads of people with like tattoos of No Face. Yeah, I did not expect him to be such a fucking gross character. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's so I've interesting. Like I, I mean, can we get into spoilers? Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. 
Spoilers for Spirited Away. I just love that entire section where he's like, he starts like eating just everything. Everyone. And like, yeah. then like, you know, they go on that like train journey eventually. And like throughout like the like journey to get to the train, like he's just constantly throwing up things like over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. like, it's so weird and like icky, but it's like great. And then it just turns mm-hmm. like so beautiful once you get to that train scene as well. He, even he pukes is. on Yubaba. Sorry, <laughs> she has like a cold for. She he pukes on Yubaba, and she has like a cold for the rest of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I th- I think my favorite sequence in the movie was the stink monster sequence. I that was a oh, great was sequence. So I love that part. Yeah, yeah. I oh, didn't expect man. it to go on for so long, but I'm so glad it did. And like the it just the build up, yeah, so. It just... It's so wonderful. Yeah. I thought they were just going to watch that little fucker, but no, it just goes so deep with it. And it's, it's fucking fantastic. This movie goes hard. Like when they're... It goes hard. It does. It does. I mean, it just, it commits to like its sequences for sure. And just like, it, it really knows how to, takes its time and builds up to like great payoffs, like for hmm. almost every, every scene. You yeah. Know? I feel like every character um, has like a really great payoff. I really love Haku. I, I really love, love Haku. Character. Haku's great. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and the arc he goes through is interesting as well. Like being forced to spy. No, he was. Get the. What the, what the fuck was it? The little totem uh, from um, Yubaba's sister. Yeah. And he, he gets turned into a dragon. That shit was fucking sad. Like him just being like a helpless monster just flying around. That 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 yeah. was like the it that that that's Watchmen. One part where he just like starts transforming while she's like riding on him. And he just like yeah. starts oh, breaking God. apart and then turns into Haku. Oh. It's like it's breathtaking. Oh. Like I was in tears for the last half hour of this I'm movie. In tears I every time I watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it it goes it gets fucking sad yeah. towards the end. It really does. When when fucking Shihiro remembers Haku's name, just like Ugh. I, I was done. I was done. Man. Yeah, I was done. One that always yeah. used to make me <laughs> that was cry so when I was a kid watching it was the um the scene where like Haku is giving Chihiro food and she's just like eating and crying and like yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's just so painful. Like I I can't uh, do like watching people eat and cry at the same time. It's like no, yeah, <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's true because like you hardly see people eat and cry because. Yeah, I, it's, I, the, I, when I think of that, the character I think of is Mel Gibson in Signs <laughs> when he's like eating at the dinner table and crying. I just yeah. had to bring that up. The design of everything, like every character, yeah, is so unique. I can't remember the like name of the guy fucking... right now, but like you know that big guy with the, the, the huge dude? legs, like oh. all the legs, running the steam. Oh, yeah. the guy oh, with all yes. the arms, yes. like running the him. thing. Yeah, that guy's Fuck, so I can't cool. His name either. He is awesome. I, I I love I love the little frog dude. Like when yeah. Haku oh I love him too. Chihir- <laughs> Haku and Shihiro are walking across the bridge for the first time. And Haku's he telling was... her, telling her to hold her breath, and then he fucking jump scares them. Yeah, <laughs> I love that too. That whole like Gosh. shot of like all the creatures coming off the boat. It's yes. like oh my god, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Or even when what's the name of the woman who Un- kind of takes Shihiro on. The, but the scene where they're trying to find her work, like they're going through like all the elevators yeah. and stuff, and there's this I big fucking walrus-looking dude. That that walrus dude, like in the elevator. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> that dude is so funny. Or uh, even like the there's like little chicken monsters in the background as well. There's so many. There's so much variety just in the backgrounds, yeah. and like they didn't need to do that shit. But the world is so much better for it. Yeah, it's just one of the best like instances of world building that I've ever seen mm. in a movie. 
It really is. I, I, I really, I kind of wish I watched it as a kid just to see if I, like, because the, there's so much, there's so much scarring stuff in this movie. Like, Uni Baba, <laughs> I think that's her name, right? She's fucking terrifying, Yubaba. that old lady. You Baba? Oh, you Baba. Oni Baba is the movie. Oh, I was thinking of, yeah. Not Oni Baba. Yeah, the old lady, though, she's, like, terrifying. She and her giant baby, like, her giant baby, too. <laughs> oh, I'm just like, baby. I... Yeah, <laughs> like what the fuck? I don't know. Even that it's, fucker it's... has an arc. It's so be- so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh my god. There's that. But no, like, it's, when that one. That one bit. When... Um, like right when you first meet you, Bob always used to freak me out because she just like kind of like pulls her finger like that, and then she hears like sent through a bunch of doors like this. Creepy yeah. as fuck. <laughs> it really is. It's yeah. I I, lo- I love the baby's arc. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the baby's arc is great. Like the the scene in Yubaba's twin sister's house, where like she she's suggesting that you know she turns the baby back to a normal after he's been turned into like a hamster thing, and he just refuses. Mm-hmm. And then they're just up on the table, just fucking grabbing food and shit. It's so fun. Yeah, no face is like still eating, but he's like doing it really slowly. <laughs> yeah. It's like so yeah. cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Fuck, I, I love spirits. I, 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 my God. Yeah. I'm embarrassed it took me this long to see it, but I'm. I'm embarrassed so for you. Me, like I've been telling you for years. <laughs> I I know. I think I so, only saw it for the first time uh lat like last year because yeah. we did an episode on it. So if you want to hear more, even more thoughts, then go listen to episode Down Bad 12. in a Dark Place. Yeah. Is it twelve? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Down Bad in a Dark Place, I think it's what it's called. I'm gonna slap Spirited Away with a fucking ten out of ten. Me too. It obviously. is a masterpiece. <laughs> it is Me three. It's a ten. Yeah, it's a ten. Fuck yes. Yeah, told you we'd ten. agree. <laughs> Hell yeah, ten, ten, ten. Dun, dun, dun. Next is Howl's Moving Castle. Fuck yeah. When Sophie, a shy young woman, is cursed with an old la- old body by a spiteful witch, her only chance of breaking the spell lies with a self indulgent yet insecure young wizard and his companions in his legged wa- legged. Walking castle. That was a weird wording of that. I should. Yes, yeah, castle has legs. I should just say so. um, before we get into this, I I pretty much exclusively watch Spirited Away in English dub just because I'm used to that from when I was a kid. I don't think I think I've watched the Japanese version like once, but it's kind of the same with Howl's Moving Castle. I have watched the Japanese, mm. but I usually prefer the English just because like Christian mm. Bale. Like, come on, yeah. yeah. Like Christian yeah. Bale is really fucking good. Like voice acting. Uh-huh. I, I I did swap to the English. At one point, and he was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I remember I remember Christian Bale. I mean, I haven't seen this in a little over a year, but Billy Crystal as the fire demon was what stood out <laughs> yeah. to me. I don't know why Billy Crystal's voice. I should have watched the English. Cat. Holy shit. He he is Calcifer. good. He's really good. Yeah, I, I loved Calcifer. Yeah, I don't know. This is yet another like. I if if Spirited Away wasn't his most beautiful movie, I might say this was it. This or Prince, Princess Mononoke. Like these three movies just have fucking perfect animation. Yeah. They really do. I think this is the more most character focused Ghibli movie because yeah. because like there is an external conflict with like the war that's going on, but I think you know the main conflict is between um, Howl and Sophie basically. Yeah. It is what it says on the tin. It's a fucking castle that moves. It's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just the the designs are what uh, hold this movie up for me. Just the design, like the design of the castle, seeing it move, like the some of the character designs, like Howl and when he like kind of transforms into I won't spoil, but like 
just the transformations he kind of goes through same yeah. with the main character too the girl that it's like the for me it's yet another case of like all of the technical stuff blew me away but the story itself i really wish i liked more i really wish i cared about more and it sucked me in but it just like didn't i i wasn't so i wasn't too big on the story when i first watched it either but i did like i've rewatched mm-hmm. it a ton now and i like it a lot more and that would probably help me. I'm, I'm sure a rewatch would help me, but yeah, it's just for me, it just feels too stuffed with like stuff that maybe, I don't know, maybe could have been just like smoothed over, like cut down a bit. I don't know. I mean, mm. I just feel like it kind of like loses its focus for me. I don't know why. I feel like it could have been simplified just a bit, but because like it just gets to a point in the plot yet again to where. It just kind of lost me. I it, don't know, it does start to like appre- it does start to yeah. like teeter off a little bit toward the end. I'll agree on that. Like the ending yeah. is quite rushed. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. I I do like the ending, but I felt like everything just kind of happened so suddenly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. As if, you it know, does. And another another thing that I was actually going to mention during fucking Spirited Away, um, that I was kind of blown away by about by Spirited Away, but apparently he does it for like all his fucking movies. Is that like he didn't store he didn't write a script for Spirited Away at all? We have a listener question that specifically talks in depth about oh. that exact thing you're going to talk about, but we so we'll definitely talk about it more. But it it isn't that a weird approach? It really is a weird mm. approach. With Spirited yeah. Away, it blows me away more because it that that movie's so rich. <laughs> yeah, so literally. How do you do that? that? Like that's nuts. that was just <laughs> lightning in a bottle. Like that things just aligned perfectly and that will never happen again like mm. like how do you yeah, come like, up with the storyboard before the script and have all these character arcs like they did yeah. like how the fuck you know <laughs> but but I yeah like know. with howl's moving castle like it wasn't excuse me it was adapted from a novel so i guess they did have a something to a go base off point of, to yeah, like a yeah, story to go off of yeah but, but yeah no like like with every fucking ghibli movie animation superb the design yeah. of the castle like the way that like pretty much every element is like separated and they're all moving like in at different rates it's so fucking cool yeah. that castle is so fucking awesome yeah it is no i mean this the fucking animation the music the characters yet again it's like everything surrounding the story was the stronger suit but like if the story gets too bogged down in its lore and like in its maybe not not so much it's like in this case but like just i don't know man what it was with howl's moving castle i think a rewatch would really help me i just i this movie in particular i really wanted to love it and i do love certain things about it but you'll you'll hate me when we get to our rankings but yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's a good movie i really i really like it i think it's a i think it's a strong story and i like we said i love the animation and the design of everything it's all great like keelan said i can agree that it does kind of like rush the ending a little bit which is like the only real downside i could say but even then like the amount of times i've seen it now i'm just kind of used to it and i just love it for what it is really yeah I, I'm, I'm feeling a 7 out of 10 on howl's moving castle it's good i really wanted to love it more um i know a rewatch would help uh, as with a lot of these but yeah 7 out of 10 is what i'm feeling now like like i said i've seen it so many times and i'm just kind of grown used to everything that it does and like I'm comfortable enough just giving it a fat fucking ten, honestly. Holy <laughs> shit! Damn, I wasn't expecting that. Wow, it's it's it's, it's the one. Episode. I I watched Spirited Away when I was a kid, and I was just like, I need to see more of these movies, and this was the one that I went to directly after. So I was mm. still like very young mm. when I watched it, and I guess maybe it's a bit of nostalgia bias, but 
Oh well. Yeah, and I'd give it a 9 out of 10. Really, really loved it. Really loved it. I'd love to see it again. Uh, moving oh, on to Ponyo. So here's yet again where... All right, break out the boxing gloves. We're gonna, I'm kidding. I'm not going to... I'll sit I, up I, for I, this one. I don't... What, what's what's yeah, such a fight about? Because you haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean... <laughs> well, I liked this movie I liked your review, probably Liam. quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Isn't my review... Once you watch the movie, Liam... The ending is literally that. The ending is like that message. And me and Kath were watching it together, and she literally turned to me and she's like, "It's like the whole if, would you love me if I was a worm thing." Like oh so oh. Yeah, like okay, fucking No, I not I can't spoil it cuz Liam hasn't seen yeah. it. Um no, I I won't spoil it, but I mean broadly the theme really does center around loving and accepting something for what it is as opposed to what you want it to be maybe do you want to read a plot real quick holy crap this is a long plot here we go <laughs> this is from letterbox i'll do the plot no i no because you're gonna say like <laughs> some shit he's gonna it. read the plot to sorex girl girl is fish girl turns into girl falls in love with a boy okay <laughs> the son of a sailor five-year-old sosuke Lives in a lives a quiet life on an oceanside cliff with his mother Lisa. One fateful day, he finds a beautiful goldfish trapped in a bottle on the beach, and upon rescuing her, names her Ponyo. But she is no ordinary goldfish. The daughter of a masterful wizard and a sea goddess, Ponyo uses her father's magic to transform herself into a young girl and quickly falls in love with Sasuke. But the use of such powerful uh, sorcery causes a dangerous imbalance in the world. As the moon steadily draws nearer to Earth and Ponyo's father sends the ocean's mighty waves to find his daughter, we're getting close. <laughs> Fucking hell. We're getting close. <laughs> then the two children embark on an adventure of a lifetime to save the world and fulfill Ponyo's dreams of becoming human. <laughs> That's what Letterbox gave me Fucking in their description. Hell, it's fucking nuts. I know. But no. I like my description better. Yeah. <laughs> How the fuck do they think it's a goldfish? What the? F how is that a goldfish? I know I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get that either. It's kind of weird. Uh, um, it's weird because like the, it has like a human face to begin with, which is kind of strange. Yeah. But no, I maybe it's my bias of like watching this with Kath and having like a good time watching it with her. I don't know. Um, but I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I just thought it was like yet again that kind of like it struck that balance between just enough lore and character and like kind of giving me a sense of the world not being too simple but being simple enough and not bogging it down and like a bunch of unnecessary extra plot and character stuff but it had like just enough there i don't know i i liked i listened to the did you listen to the japanese dub keelan or the english i did i i listened to the <clears throat> japanese dub oh damn i listened to the english and i thought this was just a hilarious coincidence but Liam Neeson voices the dad, the father wizard, and mm -hmm. I just thought it was really a, a interesting coincidence oh, that yeah. <laughs> that two movies and came out in 2008 starring Liam Neeson searching for his daughter, ah. like two movies, like it was a it's a double feature, Ponyo and Taken. Oh, nice. So um, yeah, I thought the mu movie looked fucking beautiful. Like some of the images of Ponyo, like when she has her legs, because you know she turns into a girl. Then when she's like running on the waves alongside the like 
the road to where they're driving their car. It, just that image alone, I just thought that was like so cool. Like just like walking on water and just, it was like a really intense scene. And I just thought some of the imagery was really cool, but you can counter that or, you know, say whatever. <laughs> Probably the worst film I've ever seen. Oh, come on. Wait, come on. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I didn't I didn't hate it. I, I have no real strong opinion on it really. It was mm -hmm. it was it was okay, you know. Yeah. I the animation was fucking awesome. Like obviously yeah. Ghibli, it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But it was just this. I I didn't really care for the characters. I didn't really get engaged with the story. I always I remember the first when it came out. Everyone was very lukewarm on it. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, definitely it like, like a four point oh on Letterboxd. Yeah, but it's a Ghibli <laughs> it's weird. Movie. I suppose. Yeah. There, there are like little bits I like, little segments. I, I liked when Ponyo and the little kid were eating noodles. That, that was a cute little thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know, it was a small little scene, I, but I liked it. And yeah. I I think Ponyo is very annoying. I don't like Ponyo. <laughs> yeah, Ponyo, I will admit, Ponyo is annoying. And if I the, the two negative things I didn't like about it, I didn't love the movie, but I did like it quite a bit. Um, but Ponyo is kind of annoying, and by the end of the movie, it pulls another what thing that Miyazaki does that I don't really like and it introduces a lot of mystical stuff that gets way too bogged down in like explaining things and just like by the end of it I, I kind of liked how simple it was up until then and I didn't know everything I, I just loved all the heartwarming interactions between characters like the the old women at the nursing home I just thought they that cute. they're they're yeah they were kind of cute in their arc by the end of the movie I won't I can't spoil it, but like what happens with them and what they're able to do was like really kind of like it was just was really wholesome. So um, it to me it was it's a it's definitely one of his more wholesome movies actually Miyazaki's more wholesome movies. I think it introduces all the stuff you're talking about too late. I think that was one of my biggest issues yeah. with it because by the time it gets introduced, it's just like I don't really care at this point. Even no, though some exactly. of the stuff it is was... cool. And as well as that, the I, I'm I'm shocked they include it in the description. But like the thing about the moon moving closer to the Earth, that's like in the last act. Why is that in the description? Yeah. But that even then, that was brought up a bit too late. Mm -hmm. Even though you know the whole movie has kind of an environmental message as a whole. Yeah. You know, an environmental message and message to accept others for being different and all that, which is yeah. good. It's good to teach kids that kind of stuff. But it does feel too kiddy for my tastes. Yeah. I was enjoying it at certain points to an extent but overall i don't care for it it's fine mm -hmm. i don't hate yeah. it but it's just there it is a very kiddie movie but the just the characters and the the wholesome feeling of it and the messages and all that it, it held it up for me enough to to give it an eight out of ten i really I did like I, the dad though i liked it he did what the, I, d I did like the dad though he looked a lot like david bowie <laughs> trying to remember the dad yeah i think i think i would know <laughs> i don't remember the, um ponyo's dad yeah yeah oh ponyo's yeah. dad i thought you were talking about yeah. sasuke's dad who you barely see oh, no. like he, i guess he did kind of the hair he, he was kind of creepy labyrinth. in terms of rating let's give it a five out of ten like five i said didn't hate it didn't like it last movie that uh the wind rises a lifelong love of flight inspires Japanese aviation engineer Jiro Horikoshi, whose storied career includes the creation of the, of a six A6M World War II fighter plane. That description doesn't do it enough justice. Um, I am so shocked at, at this that this movie is like a Miyazaki movie. Honestly, like it's 
Yeah. It, it's crazy. It, it's basically, like, kind of loosely a true story, sort of. Like, it's um, apparently based off, like, the actual guy, Jiro, and, like, someone else who was, like, also working with him. And, like, it's kind of like a combined thing into one character, I believe. That's something that I've never seen one of these movies do, which is, like, really unique in itself. But, like, what's done with the movie over the runtime is actually just so special. I fucking loved it. I was so surprised I loved yeah. it because, like... Every, I loved it, too. You never hear anyone talk about this movie in terms of, like, Miyazaki's movies. I know. Like, nobody mentions yeah. it. And I'm like, why? Like, it's fucking great. Yeah, it is. It, it's, I, it's great, and it's, like... It's definitely one of it. it. It might be his most grounded movie. It's it's not fantasy oriented at all, which is like yeah, I think why it's really a not. lot of people don't mention it that much. Right, and a lot of Miyazaki's fans maybe I don't know maybe they yeah. are too stuck in the fantasy way. Like they want their fantasy for Miyazaki, and this has none of it. It's just it's like a really grounded. It's the only movie by him I could imagine getting a live action adaptation and actually yeah. working. Like other, all these other movies, I don't want to see live action because they're just not going to work. But this is like the one. I mean, I don't want to see a live action of this either. But but it could, could do work. It and yeah. it would work. It could work. Yeah. And, but it, it's basically man, just, just like f- it's basically just a drama movie at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like a drama romance, yeah. and it's really it special. But like, yeah. I I think for a while I was kind of like eh, I don't know if this is really gonna grab me because it's just kind of like plane talk, like mm-hmm. about planes for like quite a while but then like once it gets to like the romance that happens it's like that that starts Mm -hmm. to just like make it feel a lot more mature and like interesting and i was just so wrapped up in the romance i thought they were just beautiful i i was really worried that i wouldn't like this because i knew the romance was supposed to be a such a big part of it and it uh, really wasn't though it was enough it was just enough yeah, it was just enough, and like, but I mean, because you know, with a lot of these movies, they always have to insert some type of love interest or like plot like that, like a romance plot, and I kind of like get tired of it after a certain point. But this, like, it worked so well for the movie. That's actually one thing I'll that... say about Princess Mononoke. Um, like, I'm mm-hmm. very glad they didn't force a romance in that one. Yeah, very That's very true. Glad. The characters in this were great. Like, mm-hmm. it felt so like very human and like inspiring and like just like very down to earth such a down to earth movie and the fucking animation's insane like the animation was so good there's a great amount of depth that's given to the characters which i really like and didn't Mm -hmm. expect as well yeah and just like the little moments were what i loved the most like did you listen to this in the english or the Japanese? japanese Oh, I listened. See, I listened to all these in the English, and Werner Herzog voices. I um, he voices the the guy oh, with the really the big nose that plays the piano at that party. Really, he's like kind of that. Yeah, he voices him. Oh wow! And it was it great. was so. <laughs> Yeah, it was so good, and like when that moment where they're just sitting outside and they like light up a cigarette and they're just talking, yeah. it feels so cozy it's and it so feels cozy, so nice. Yeah. And like I, yeah, and I could just like listen to these characters talk like this whole time, and it was just the all those interactions between the characters. I, like, I have to say, perfect. I like I fucking love that like little short guy. That's like he's <laughs> yeah. so he's yeah. so funny because I love like oh my. The, the like first pretty much interaction that you have with him where he's just like you know checking his design or whatever and he's just like kind of nervous about it and he's just like give me this and he just looks at it and he's like it's perfect (laughs) (laughs) i love how intense that little guy was and he's He's just like so so pissed off but like he is and he's so like pissed off and angry but you can't help but like love him yeah kind of i don't know he was really uh 
it, it was just awesome. But yeah, overall, I mean, I didn't expect to love it either, but I did. I really loved it. Yeah, me too. I'm so surprised that I loved it as much as I did. I, I would give it a 9 out of 10. It was, at first I gave it an 8, and the more and more I thought about it, I'm like, no, this is a 9. It is, mm. it's really great. There's very little negative I have to say about it, so. I'm kind of feeling a 9 yeah. as well, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really good. awesome. It's, it's got to be the most probably underrated in his filmography, yeah, I would absolutely. say. Yeah, Because you don't see anybody talk about it. Like, you don't see anybody. Yeah. So... It was very yeah. good. Very, very good. If you're listening and you haven't seen it, fucking watch it. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, watch all these movies, but definitely watch this. But yeah, let's get into our rankings. So, uh... 10, 9, 8. I've seen 9. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I'm so mad that I'm the one who's seen the li- <laughs> least. Fuck's sake. <laughs> so, uh, Quinn, you go so, first with your 10, then we yeah. do 9, and then we do 8, yeah. and go from there. So we'll go yeah. Quinn, me, Liam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so my number 10... Is Kiki's Delivery Service? I mean, that's not really a surprise. <laughs> I wish I liked it more. Uh, I'll totally rewatch it, and it'll probably jump up, maybe past one of these. But yeah, it's my number ten. It's, it's okay. God, you guys are gonna, my guys might hate me. I don't know. Um, I'm putting Howl's Moving Castle at nine. Um, I know. Ouch. I know. I just, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a good movie. Keep though. a gun like, under your pillow tonight. <laughs> Yeah, sleep with one eye open, it's, buddy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, no, but it's a good movie. I really should rewatch it. Um, it just feels a bit too just stuffed with some stuff that bogged it down for me. But you, other you than said that, you said the last time you watched good. it was like four years ago, right? No, no, that was Princess Mononoke. Oh. This one I watched la- last year, actually. Okay. So, um, but then again, it was a lot to take in, and like maybe I was focused on other stuff at the same time. Who knows? So. Uh, a rewatch would help. I think maybe with the yeah. like appreciation that you have now for Miyazaki, it might be a bit better for you this oh, time. Oh, I, I think so too. Yeah, I really think so. Yeah. My number nine, to no one's surprise, is Ponyo. Yep. <laughs> Fuck that little goldfish. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, now we can all get to our rankings with number eight. Um, I had Castle in the Sky at number eight. Uh, it's a good movie, but it's just kind of your average Miyazaki movie. It has everything you'd expect, but it's still wholesome. It's got everything you need, but it's just not going to stick with me like his other movies. I just don't see it sticking with me that much. Mm-hmm. My, my number eight is Porco Rosso. Oh, good. Hurts. He's a pig, and <laughs> hurts he flies me. a plane. Ah, it's a good oh. movie. He pig, he fly plane. He do be Damn pig, it. and he do fly plane. <laughs> See, Porco Rosso, he actually got the... It's funny, because he got a pig heart. He had a human heart and <laughs> turned it to a pig heart. Did you Did you choose <laughs> that specifically that to tie that into Porco Rosso? <laughs> that was just... Not at first, but then I realized it, and I was glad I did. I was like, ooh, that ties in. Goddamn nice. I can bring that back up. <laughs> yeah. I had an arc for my mini topic. <laughs> well, my number eight is Kiki's Delivery Service. Yeah, mm, it's. Yeah, I think that you know maybe if I rewatched it in Japanese, maybe it'd be a bit better. But we'll see. For now, Probably, I'm not a huge yeah. fan of it. And number seven, I have Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. Mm-hmm. Good movie, great world building, awesome designs. But yet again, maybe a rewatch would help. It was just a lot to absorb for the world building for me that um i don't know it was good just seven 
seven spot. Nice. My number seven is My Neighbor Totoro, mainly because I haven't seen it in a while. Mm -hmm. I haven't. Mm. It, could, it could easily go up. I I, re I remember really enjoying it. My number seven is Porco Rosso. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. It's good. I like it. <laughs> I think I would maybe enjoy it a bit more in a rewatch. We'll see. But yeah, yeah. All right, you guys, you're gonna kill me again. <laughs> you're gonna hate me again. Um, I knew my ranking would be kind of crazy. Um, looking at it now, it is. I just want to preface this by saying I really want to rewatch this, and I know for a fact it will jump up at least a spot or two. But at six, it's a great movie, but I don't remember hardly anything about it because it was my first one, and that's Princess Mononoke at number six. Mm -hmm. um, You're off the cast. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not mad at anyone's rankings so far. It's fine. Like I'm glad yeah. that we all have some differing opinions. It's good. My number six is Lupin the Third, Castle Cagliostro. Mm. Really, really, really fun movie. You should, you guys should watch it. Yeah, I think you'd like it. It's cool, cool little movie. I'd like to. My number six is My Neighbor Totoro. I really like mm. it quite a bit. I think it's yeah a solid eight out of ten. Like I said, it's very cute. It's probably one of the better like you know hangout kind of just chill ones of his filmography. Yeah, I think it's probably the best of those. Uh, number five, I have Ponyo. <laughs> I I liked it. <laughs> It's top five Miyazaki, apparently. Damn. No, I, I know I'm being generous with this, probably. It's a good movie, but I I know that Princess Monik Mononoke will overtake it when I rewatch it. I'm sure it will. Uh, it's probably recency bias and like the fact that I watched it with Kath. Yeah, that can, but that can still really change a movie experience for you if you watch it with it someone really that can. You know, you're enjoying the company yeah. of. So I know that I might not have enjoyed it quite a bit if I was with without her. I'm sure I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. So all of those things affecting it, it's my number five as of now. My number five is a much better movie, and it's called <laughs> Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. love it. I love Nausicaa. My number five is also Nausicaa. Oh. Ooh. Hmm. It's a good hmm. one. It's a very, very good movie. Yeah. I love the world oh. building. I love the creature designs. I, I think it's awesome. I think the last act is really fucking cool, too. I didn't even mention that, but, like, yeah, the whole, like, kind of battle thing yeah. at the end is really cool and beautiful that to look cool. at. Like, all the ohms fucking, like, rushing towards the yes. thing. Like, oh, my God. Uh, my number four, I have My Neighbor Totoro. Mm. Um, great little cozy movie, down to earth. It's a nice little comfort movie, for sure. My number four is going to be Hell's Moving Castle. Nice. Mm. It could, could could maybe go up. I loved it. I really loved it. But for now, my number four. Still give it a 9 out of 10. My number four is Princess Mononoke. Yeah, I, I really loved a lot about it. I really... Sorry again, Julia. I really do wish that I watched the <laughs> Japanese, honestly. The only one that I really enjoyed was Billy Crudup. I thought that he was really good, but yeah, the rest kind of just... Eh. But yeah, it's a great movie. The world building is incredible, and it's, you know, I think it warrants its length as well. Like, it it has a lot to pack in there and it does it very effectively and the pacing is very good so yeah number three i have the wind rises mm. fucking awesome movie great movie yeah just everybody should check it out because not enough people talk about it especially within his filmography so Agreed. yeah it's a great top th top three miyazaki and probably probably stay that way who knows i don't know but it, for now it is when, when we're three is Kiki's delivery service. Oof. Love it. Oof. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's something. 
Top three. I forgot you still had that card up your sleeve. Shit. What I meant to say was I respect your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I respect it. Let slip for a second there. Oh, boy. I laugh now, but after I rewatch it, I know I'll I'll probably like it more, too. Yeah, but top three. Top three. I don't know. Yeah, it won't be top three Dude, it's a fucking banger, man. It's a banger. Fair enough. I'm glad you had fun. My number three is The Wind Rises. Wrong, nice. kill yourself. Oi, nice. stop it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, The Wind Rises was a like a shock. Like I I, I couldn't yeah. believe it was as, as good as it was. So yeah, Same. I just I kinda went in like expecting something very lukewarm and just boring or whatever and like I was just wrapped up in the story and I loved the characters. It was beautiful, beautiful movie. Number two, man, it was so hard. Uh <laughs> this, like these numbered one and two spots. Um but you guys are safe because number two, I have Porco Rosso. <laughs> Fucking love Porco Rosso. I love it. I love the character. I love. It's just. It's so fun and f- like just a fun vibe. Is he literally you? So, he could be <laughs> if I have to rewatch it. Okay, Pedo. <laughs> I don't even remember that part of the movie to be fair. But I remember the girl kisses him on the cheek, but he never did anything. Yeah, he's just a pig. Um, just a also, pig. the third act is the is the villain trying to get her to marry him. Yeah, <laughs> Which is well, he's the villain, so I mean, I get it, yeah. but yeah, Quinn's not literally the villain. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Don't call him a pedo. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's not nice. Can't have you're that around here. That's worry. your sorry. That's your first official warning. You get three, then you're off the cast. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, s- I'm sorry, Quinn. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for the apology. <laughs> Sorry for calling you a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who knew Porcaroso would cause such such controversy? Of all things. <laughs> Fucking Porcaroso. My number two is... I was going to say Porcaroso. I don't know. <laughs> it's not Porcaroso. It's Princess Mononoke. Nice. Uh, Fucking awesome movie. So cool. Yeah. Such a cool movie. I loved it. It's very cool. Yeah. My number two is Howl's Moving Castle. I really love wow. it. And that like I said, there's probably a bit of nostalgia bias going on there, but I still just I think it's amazing and very beautiful mm-hmm. movie. Wait for number one, can we all see it in unison? Yeah, I was about to say we probably should. <laughs> Alright. Alright, number all right. one is Spirit, Spirit away. Spirit away. Good. We can all agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just it's the best. It really is the best. Yeah, there's it's nothing so quite like good. it. It's yeah. perfect. It is a masterpiece. Yeah, it's the only movie by him I can call perfect right now. Porco Rosso is perfect for a bit, but I need to rewatch it to call Porco Rosso perfect. Yeah, I mean I only have two um, perfect scores in his filmography. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, one of them has like a little bit of bias there probably, but with Spirited Away, it's like. You know, even outside of that bias, I can still rewatch it to this day, and it's still just so effective and beautiful and special. Yeah, there you go. The Miyazaki talk is not over yet because we got quite a bit of questions we'll have to get through. All right, so getting into listener questions, Miyazaki edition, because they're all Miyazaki questions. Starting off with film toppings. On Instagram, he sent two questions. So uh, his first question is, which which film is his most rewatchable? 
I don't know, because I've never, I haven't rewatched any of his movies yet. I've only seen them each once, so I don't know. But I would, I can easily probably say Porco Rosso would be the most rewatchable for me. Um, it's just, it seems like a really easy viewing. Yeah, like, in, t- in terms of, of like easy viewing, easy viewing ones, yeah. yeah, like probably My Neighbor Totoro for me. Like, even Are though, you... um, sorry, even though Spirited Away is like his best by far, I, I that's an emotionally draining, yeah. draining movie. And I can't come back to that too often, so... Not me neither. Um, it's, it's hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, I, yeah I'd, I'd probably say Kiki. <laughs> fair enough, yeah. yeah. That's fair, I mean... I, I, I feel like that could be the most rewatchable, that or Toro. Any of his laid-back movies, for sure, yeah. Yeah. And then his other question was, which film is his saddest? Spirited Away. Say Spirited saddest. Away. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Spirited Away? No. Uh, I wouldn't what? say so. No, but it's just like there's there's sad moments in there that like really drain me. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd maybe say Princess Mononoke. None of them are overly like sad or anything. Yeah, that's the thing is that um I think Makoto Shinkai his movies are way more sad. Like Miyazaki's movies are kind of like uplifting. Um, from All Right So Reviews, he asked, "Why is Miyazaki?" the only anime director to consistently break through to mainstream audience. His films are really accessible. Yeah. Yeah. They are yeah, accessible for, sure. for, like, everyone of all ages. Yeah, and like I said, like there's something for everyone of, in that catalog. <clears throat> my first memory of any sort of Miyazaki movie was seeing my dad had the Howl's Moving Castle DVD, and it was, like, a white box, and it was, like, a special edition kind of thing. And so, like... It just show, goes to show, like he his movies appeal to appeals to everyone. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there's at least one Miyazaki movie that someone can be like that. Everyone can be like that. That was like one of the greatest things I've ever seen, and it should be Spirited Away. But you know, people have tastes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's exactly right. Yeah. From Ardor Film, of the ones he's directed, which is your lowest rated and why? Mine's Kiki with a five out of ten. Join the club, our door. <laughs> yeah, all of all of our least favorite Miyazaki movies are five out of tens. Hmm. Mine was cool. a six, actually. Mine was a six. Oh. To be fair, oh, I th- I, see. I, like I, I said, I, I think Kiki's okay. I think Kiki's okay, but no, Liam's was a five. Yeah, and Amy's was a five, and yours was a five. But oh. mine was close to being a five. Like, and for now, I'm feeling a six, but it was close. Yeah. So um, yeah, mine's Ponyo. Kiki, Kiki, yeah. Ponyo. <laughs> five out of ten. From movies that don't suck, best and worst Miyazaki film. So I guess to quick say again, <laughs> we all think Spirited Away is the best. Yep. And me and Liam think Kiki is the worst. And Keelan, you think Ponyo is the worst. No, yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right, final question, and it's a big one from Clary underscore Wary. Who? Claire on Instagram. <laughs> it's, I, I know, you have to like look at the username. C-L-A-R-I underscore W-A-R-I. She used to have an actual Filmstagram account. Um, I can't remember her username, though. But So she asked, or she said, how do you say his first name again? This is embarrassing. Heyo? Uh, hi- okay, <coughs> Ohio. Okay. Heyo, Ohio. Ohio. Heyo has a unique process where he does the storyboards first before a script is made. Do you think this process has led to some shortcomings in some of his films? For example, as much as I love Howl's Moving Castle, I gotta admit it's a stuffy movie, and I think it's a result of his unique yet admittedly tumultuous creative process. And I completely agree, because that was... That's the thing, it's such a weird approach to his movies. 
that I feel like it can be really hit or miss, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's times to where he comes up with these, like, he probably has these amazing, like, visual set pieces in his mind, but if you don't, if you can't come up with a good enough script to get from point A to point B to point C and so on, like, then it's just, that's when it starts to feel messy in the plot. And for me, that's when Howl's Moving Castle felt a bit messy in the plot. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would agree with Claire in that. No, absolutely. It is a weird process, but I I hope it I hope it works. Like for you know, if he's going to do more films after The Boy and the Heron, like I hope that he does that well. I, we talked about it earlier, but like with Hell's Moving Castle, like that was a novel, so they at least had kind of like a reference point as to what they were doing with the storyboarding, mm. I suppose. Because you kind of have to decide what novel you're adapting first. But even then, I think that's more that might be more of a problem with like, like adapting the novel than anything. Yeah, because I think every other Miyazaki movie, apart from The Wind Rises, is an original concept, original mm. story. It could just be a problem with adapting the book. Thanks for the great questions, as always. Thanks, um, we don't yeah, usually bef- thank people for thank questions, you. but thanks, guys. Well, before we wrap up, we have to uh, tell people our next topic. So, Keelan, oh, it's your yeah. turn for the next topic. Since it's my recommendation i asked liam and quinn to also pick a horror movie since we're going into october and it's going to be halloween spooky season season of the year yes and me and quinn are big horror fans and we like halloween because you know we get to watch a lot of horror movies and stuff hell yeah vibes are cool horror is my favorite (laughs) yeah uh, I wish we all loved horror here i i I, I love some horror i I always want it yeah you do I'm going to ask Liam and Quinn to go first, and then I'll reveal my oh. pick. Uh, yeah, it's angst. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I w- I would rewatch that. Yeah. yeah. I, no, that was the. First I want to like it more. Yeah. Because I really um, loved it when I watched it, and I I want to love it even more. Like it, it's yeah, just I've seen... so disgusting and fucking vile, and I love it. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Not to spoil our thoughts for the next episode, but no, no. My pick. I looked, I wanted to find one that I wanted to rewatch, even though I, I apparently had watched this movie in January of this year, so it's in the same year, but I wanted to rewatch it already again, and I loved it, but neither of you have seen it, <clears throat> and that is, uh, it's Pulse from 2001, directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, mm. oh, I no. think it's on both of your guys' uh, watch list, um, he's the guy that directed Cure, which I haven't seen. But Pulse is one of the, like, the creepiest horror movies I've seen in general. Like, I remember it creeping me the fuck out. And so, um, I wanted to say that yeah. Well. Give me yeah, a fucking I... minute. That was my choice. No <laughs> oh my way. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? Yeah, I've been really wanting to watch it. Oh, oh my. Nice. Out of all the horror movies. <laughs> I'm shocked that Quinn hasn't seen it. But oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick uh, Videodrome by David Cronenberg. Oh. Oh yeah! Oh, finally I've been watch my first Cronenberg. It. Let's go. It's a good yeah, one to start with. To watch it. So, for the next okay. episode, I personally am re- recommending Angst, Video Drone, <laughs> and Pulse. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, good picks. Um, can't wait. Good episode. So as we're well. not that was really so we're fun. not doing. Oh yeah, that was a good episode. That was that was a great nice fucking discussions. Yeah, I like. Yeah. That um okay you can find me at views by quinn on everything just check out the link tree below thank you thanks and you can you find can, me at movies you, music me on everything oh. find me also at the link tree below 
You, you, you can find me at Spirited Away Fan 1987 <laughs> on everything. <laughs> Change his username Kidding. just for this. Yeah, kid. I, I, you can find me on only shallow on pretty much everything. Link, link tree is in the bio. Epic. Hell yeah. Well, that's about it. So, uh, peace out, bitches. Bye, yeah. guys. Bye.